You're listening to the award-winning Blue Jay Boys Show on WRSC with Big Chuck, Sackman, and Senor D. How is everybody doing? This is Big Chuck coming at you live with WRC 88.7 FM Blue Jay Radio. And like the intro said before, this is the award-winning Blue Jay Boys show. We got a great show for you guys today. The majority of it is going to be taking up talking about the NFL draft that happened last Thursday. Uh, it was it was an interesting first round. A lot of trades. Overall, in the entire draft, there's a lot of trades. Let's start talking about the Chicago Bears first, who also made a trade in the first round. Exactly, how do you feel about their first round pick? I was very happy with it. I was. We, we were saying it was going to be if it wasn't if Paris Johnson wasn't going to be on the board, it was most likely going to be darn all right. And we traded down. We got an extra fourth rounder. And we still got darn all right. So I'm personally very happy with it. That's a plug and play right tackle for the next ten years, opposite of Braxton Jones. I'm very happy with that pick. He's excited to play and block for Justin Fields. I love it. Mm-hmm. Josh, how'd you feel about it? I was excited with the pick. Um, I really wanted Paris Johnson, but uh, the Cardinals had other plans. Um, ended up taking Paris at four. Um, you know, I still like Darnell. I think he's the best tackle coming out of here, especially at right tackle. I think he uh, he wins that position no matter what. Uh, I know they have uh, rookie camp this week. Um, and I think he's going to show out and really uh, give the Bears a reason as to why he's a starting right tackle. And I think um, he's, a, he's a good people person. I think that was one of the main reasons why they uh, had him so high on the board as well because, you know, he, he has a personality. He's a good guy. And I feel like with him at right and then you have the best rookie tackle at left from last season, I think it just it makes a great pocket for Fields. Um, if Paris Johnson had been there at that number nine or ten pick, would you guys have rather taken Paris Johnson? Yeah, I would. I much. I feel he's better, but it's not a sizable gap. But I felt he was a better player out of the two. Mm-hmm. Josh, what about you? Um, I would have. I would have taken him, but um, I don't know how comfortable I would have been with putting him at left and then moving Braxton at right. Uh, because I feel like, and I mean, me and Sackley have talked about it before. Um, you know. Having a guy be the best last year in that position and then you move him to learn a a semi-easier but different overall position would have been, you know, pretty tough and we probably would have seen that um, coming out of the gate, honestly, with um, the league uh, coming at us, even though you said we have probably the easiest schedule. But it probably would have showed as to why he probably wouldn't succe- succeeded as high at right tackle. So, but yeah, I probably would have picked him still. Do you guys feel like the Bears ever were thinking about Paris Johnson or was Darnell Wright the pick from the start? From what I heard was the top three were uh, Jalen Carter, Paris Johnson, Darnell Wright. Obviously, we now know that the Jalen Carter part of that was not true as they traded away. They didn't pick him. And then Paris Johnson wasn't available, so I felt they went straight to Darnell Wright. They didn't want want Skaronsky. Darnell Wright was their guy. Um, why do you think, you know, if throughout the entire draft process, the Bears and Jalen Carter were linked for a lot of it, and the Bears traded out of that number nine spot to the Eagles, who they had to have known was going to take Jalen Carter. So obviously the Bears were never thinking about Jalen Carter. Why do you think that was the case? Personally, everyone wants to talk about the whole car racing thing that he did. What I think it was was that it, at his draft workout, the guy, the NFL coach that was running it for – the D lineman was the Chiefs D line coach, and a guy Ryan Poles knows very well. As he was in Kansas City, he 
devised a workout that would said, he's like, I'm going to try to break you. They say it every, every pro day. They, when they say to the guys that we're going to break him, and then the guys pass with flying colors. And, oh, we're going to draft him. Well, he showed up 10 pounds overweight and, and halfway through cramped up and was done for the day. So I heard one scout say that wasn't, that wasn't a question mark. That was a black mark, like a bad mark. I felt that that was it. You're already under scrutiny that you did what you did. Two people lost their life, and you were somehow put in the same thing with that. And then you show up to your pro day 10 pounds overweight, and you have a terrible workout. I think. And Chicago's not a good place to have character issues either. So I felt that's what it was. Josh, what do you think? I definitely think that was the reason why. You know, you're showing up 9 to 10 pounds over. Um you know, and you barely even make it through the 40-yard dash, I believe. And he ran a super slow 40-yard dash, too, um, which wasn't uh, eye candy, but I guess to the Eagles it was, um, other than he was a great overall D-tackle for Georgia. But um, I definitely think it was, you know, the whole lack of, you know, keeping in shape and then you show up and then all of a sudden you have all these problems. And it's because you didn't stay in shape and you were letting – you were basically letting the media get to you and with everything that was going on, it was tragic, but you let it get to you and it showed. And I agree with Seckley. Chicago's not a place to have character issues. It really isn't, you know, and I believe with um, polls as the GM and especially that one guy we got from the big 10, I don't think uh, character issues would have helped at all with either of them because those guys have, I feel like, you know, those two guys combined, you know, put the foot down and really, like, we need guys who are going to, you know, bring, like, life and change to, to this organization, you know. And I, I honestly agree with Sackley. I don't think Carter was on the radar at all, you know, even though it said that he was up there in our picks, but I just don't believe that was something that those two guys would have wanted to deal with, you know. And I think the Eagles are going to have to deal with it. In, in all honesty, and we'll, we'll talk about the Eagles when we go in depth in the first round, but I think the Eagles are just probably more equipped to handle with that, too, in the long run. I think the Bears... Yeah, all his friends there. Exactly. He's got all his friends. That's a much, like, obviously a more winning organization right now, so they kind of understand how to deal with those personalities a little more, whereas the Bears don't need that issue right now. They have enough issues on the field as a team. Yeah. Having off-the-field issues doesn't really add any value to your roster. It only takes away, especially when you're trying so hard to fix everything else first. Yeah. Whereas the Eagles, they have nothing to worry about but personality issues. They can try to whip him into shape that way, and if he doesn't work out, they have Jordan Davis and 18 other guys to step in and take that defensive tackle spot away from him. Yeah. So for them, it was a low it was a low gamble. For the Bears, it was such a high gamble to go with a guy like that. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about like the Bears' entire draft class. For every team, we're not going to do that. We're just going to go through the first round uh, after that. But for the Bears, we wanted to talk about their whole draft class and talk about some of the guys later in the rounds. Let's start with their next pick, uh, Javon Dexter. Josh, I know you think really highly of this guy. What do you like about this pick? Um, I mean, I love everything about him. You know, uh, he was picked in the second round. Um, you know, he's 6'6", 310, but that 310 uh, – it doesn't really, you know, show, even though he was next to a 400-pounder at Florida because, like, that really shows in size. But, like, him at 310, like, he looks so light on his feet. He has length. He has tremendous uh, – his first step is ridiculous, you know. And watching his film uh, after he got drafted, it's just like, 
man, this guy can actually be a game changer, especially learning from a guy like Andrew Billings. I mean, obviously Andrew Billings didn't really have that much of a large impact in his career, but the guy can stop the run. And I feel like learning from a guy who knows how to stop the run with his size, because, like, Andrew Billings isn't as long as this guy, but, like I said, knowing how to stop the run is way more important. And I feel like with Jervon there, I think it adds to our defense a a huge ton, honestly, because, um, you know, Dom Robb learns from Demarcus Walker, who we got in the offseason. Um, but now you have uh, Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens, who were, are going to learn from, you know, a bigger guy and from, you know, a solidified coach in our position, you know, because that was the one thing with um, especially Zach Pickens, uh, you know, he didn't really have a coach. Like, he'd never had a, a solidified coach throughout his whole career. And that's why, you know, in his uh, media interview, he said, like, he can become the best he can be now that he he can bring everything together he learned from over and then get more from a solidified coach who's, you know, he, who's not just going to, like, dip or get fired and just be the best player. And I feel like with both of these guys being young, They'll feed off of each other. They're both long. They're both big, and they their first steps are amazing. Like I, I love the I love this pick from the Bears. Exactly. What do you like? Yeah, I mean, at first when, that, when I saw his name on the screen, I didn't really know who he was. Did my research. I mean, six six three ten. I mean, he's basically like slightly smaller in terms of just pure size. Clayus Campbell. I mean, SEC guys from Florida. He has a kid. He's Javon Dexter senior. I do like that. I feel like that makes a person hungrier, more motivated, more on the right track. Some people felt that this was a reach, but to me, I feel like this guy's just hes just very raw at this moment. They did have a lot of coaching issues at Florida. They had multiple staffs, as Josh just said. Uh, they went from Dan Mullen, who was a joke, to Billy Napier, which still to be determined. Uh, he didn't play on the best defense, but yeah, he's just basically like a raw. I read an article about he's just like a, like a like a raw slab of marble. We just got to carve him. Cause he has every tool. He's 6'6", six, six, he's 3'10", he can move. We ran a 4-8-40-3-10. That's pretty impressive. I mean, he has all the athleticism and traits to become like a Chris Jones type. That's what people were saying that he was like. I read another article saying that we could have found, might have found the next Chris Jones because he was a raw guy, big guy from SEC school, you know, 6'5 plus. Yeah, I really like this pick. I think he's going to – it was a ma- it was a major need. D tackle and DN were our two biggest needs going into the draft. I think this helps it a lot. I, th- I think he's going to be very good for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you see six six three ten at pick uh, fifty three, twenty two, twenty two in the second round, oh my overall, bad. yeah, um, you you just like can't pass on that. I know people are saying we reached, but at the same time, when you're a team like the Chicago Bears who have really nothing to lose, and then you have that linebacker core behind him, you're willing to take a gamble on a guy that just physically gifted. Yeah, you you can't pass up on that. I think that was probably the best move for them. Again. When you're thinking about the rest of the defense, that's all going to help him learn, too. You were talking about just on the D-line and the defensive coordinator. When you have Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards and Jack Sanborn and all these dudes, now Noah Sewell, where we'll talk about him a little bit later, you have a very solid linebacker core behind you to give you just a little confidence. And I think oh, that's yeah. going to be huge for a guy like this who, like you guys keep saying, is just so raw. And I think that's the big draw to him for a team like the Bears. You know, before I was talking how Jalen Carter was less of a gamble for the Eagles, I think this is the type of guy that's less of a gamble for the Bears and more of a gamble for the Eagles, you know. Mm-hmm. 
where it's like if he doesn't pan out, everybody's like, well, you know, it was just because the team was bad or something. It can't really be blamed on him as a player, you mm-hmm. know. It's just going to be like, but if he works out and you can actually mold this guy into a Greek god statue out of that marble, then you won the lottery. You got yourself another Calais Campbell, another Chris Jones, yeah. you know, right at your fingertips right there. So yeah. that's a huge pickup. Uh, talking about the next second-round pick that they had, the Bears picked up Tyreek Stevenson. Out of the you. Um, I'm a huge fan of this pick personally. I'm watching the Canes this season. Uh, they weren't exciting on offense. They lost a lot of games on offense, but their defense was extremely strong, one of the best defenses in the country. And a lot of that was on this guy who was just a bulldog of a cornerback. He was out there. He's a very, like, strong-looking guy. He looks more like a safety, honestly. Yeah, if I were to... six foot two fourteen. It's a big dude. He might be bigger than Brisker. Mm-hmm. Brisker's only like two o five. I mean, yeah. Um, I just think I think he's the perfect, you know, third plug-in for this D back group, this yeah. uh, cornerback group. You know, I'm after Jalen Johnson's last season. I think like I feel like personally he could be like the best number two corner in the league. That's how I feel about Jalen Johnson. I don't think Tyreek Stevenson make is like a number one corner and takes that spot from him Mm -hmm. but at the same time it strengthens enough behind him to where he can maybe be pushed you know middle of the pack first cornerback it kind of gives him enough backup in that then i feel they want to put kyler gordon in at slot corner which he was kind of better at i feel he's a little bit of a smaller guy so i think that's a better fit for him and you know this fills a need he's a great player as you said he's got some good traits just as long as his surgically repaired uh, shoulder and collarbone hold up will be fine it's the only thing that worries me about this but at the same time, in a late round, second round pick, like kind of what I was saying about Jordan yeah. Dexter, he, it's worth it. Yeah, he might as well. He's a, he's a good player. Uh-huh. If he didn't have that, he probably would have been maybe even a late first. Mm-hmm. I, I like this pick. I'm a fan of it. We needed it. Fills the need. Um, I'm good to go with it. I mean, Eberflus yeah. likes bigger corners. He's a bigger corner. He was good. His tape was good. Yeah, I think it's a good pick. I mean, Miami has a proven track record at DBs. You know, whether it's Ed Reed. Um, Intro role. Thank you. Uh, it's a proven track record. I mean, Devin Hester was drafted as a DB. Obviously, that didn't happen, but at least we could say that. Last time we picked a Miami DB, good things happened. Uh-huh. <laughs> Even Deion Bush was pretty good. He played for us for like seven years. Mm-hmm. So I like this pick personally. Josh, any thoughts about this pick? I thought it was a, as a it was a interesting pick because, you know. It just, it gives, like you said, it gives the room more competition, and I feel like it's going to push Jalen to be the best he can be because he's coming up on the end of his contract, correct? I believe so. I believe Jalen. He's got one more year left. Yeah, so. If he doesn't get some interceptions this year, they're letting him walk. I feel like it's going to give him, uh, it's going to add fuel to the fire, uh, I think at least because this guy, his tape, I I loved his tape. He plays through receivers, and that was the big emphasis when, when talking about him, especially when once he got picked, they bring up the whole recap of like what he's done in college and whatever. But you know, he has great hands. He plays through receivers, and he can lay a hit. And I feel like that's one of the things we need because I feel like we have our our um, our cover corners, but I feel like we need those like scary corners, like you know Brisker. I know Brisker's a safety, but like even you guys said, like this guy could be a safety too, you know. And I feel like having that kind of emphasis of like you know guys that'll just go and lay out people i feel like that's kind of right now what we need because like you said like the linebacker core is going to help the d-line and the safeties are going to help the corners corner etc right like it's just it's, everyone's going to feed off each other and i feel like we need guys who are really going to like stand out and you know 
like lay out and really like give everything they have right now because I feel like we we were still looking for our, our identity and I feel like with guys like this or the even the guy we drafted later in the round from Minnesota like like these guys can really really like add a ton of fuel to the fire and really make that room like the best it can be. Yeah, uh, this our secondary. This I feel is probably the best secondary we ever had. If Jackson comes back. 100%, which I think he will. Injury turned out to be a lot less worse than we thought it was. Brisker's a dog. He was the best rookie safety in the league. He was one of the best safeties in the league, period. Kyler Gordon, say we wanted him, he had 50 tackles and three picks. As a the rookie. second half of the season was way more impressive than his first Very half. impressive. He played very impressive down the road. He was picking off Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts in back-to-back weeks. I thought that was very impressive. Uh, we got Jalen Johnson, who, you know, he's been a stalwart for us. He does everything great. He just doesn't take the ball away a lot. Maybe that changes year two under you. You know, he missed part of the offseason program last year. He started out in the doghouse. He won't be doing that this year. We'll be good to go there. Now we got Tyreek Stevenson to add to that. Kendall Vildor has improved somehow, some way. He's there. <laughs> he, he's a solid. That's a pretty solid fourth corner at this point. He sh- Say we want him. We, he was terrible in 2020, 2021, but he stepped up in 2022. Mm-hmm. We got him. And then we have Josh Blackwell. You know, undrafted rookie last year. He was a Pro Bowl caliber special teams player. Whenever he got in, he was flying around making plays. We still have Elijah Hicks. This is an extremely, extremely deep secondary group. I mean, I'm very happy with the depth they have there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not just deep, but just young, like you were saying. Young, good. The only one that's kind of old is Jackson. He's 28. So he's, he's not, not even, even that old. And he had one of his better seasons last year of his career. Probably his second best season of his he, career. If he didn't say. get hurt, he would have yeah. been all pro last year. Yeah. So. Which probably would have made it his best season of his career. Yeah. So, Harder than 2018 when he was the greatest safety to ever play. Turned the ball over every other play doing something. Yes. That year was crazy. Nuts. <laughs> Nuts. Uh, let's move on to the next pick. With, uh, number uh, 64 overall in the third round, the Bears took Zach Pickens out of your South Carolina You never Gamecocks. go wrong with a good cock. <laughs> Gamecocks, ladies. He played for the South Carolina Gamecocks <laughs> for some context for that. I mean, yeah. I watched him. Their defense was not very good at all. It was not an SEC defense. He... He was their one bright spot. He was their defensive MVP. I thought he played very hard. He was a solid interior uh, pass rusher. Not the most crazy stats, but he was good. He didn't really have a ton of people around him. I, I think he's only going to get better with the Bears. I mean, he's good size as well, 6'4", 291. That's pretty, that's pretty good for, you know, one technique, three technique. I think he's only going to get better. I mean, if he just continues to play how he played, I don't see why he can't get better. I think this is going to be a very good young duo for years to come with Gervon Dexter, Senior, and Zach Pickens. I'm very excited. I mean, we needed it. Our interior D-linemen were the worst D-linemen in the league this year. With Blackson, Armand Watts. Justin Jones. Justin Jones was our best. He still had a 39. Al-Qudim Muhammad. Yeah. But we don't need to talk about that name. We don't need to talk about him ever again. He's not in the league. I've got a grudge <laughs> against that man, bro. He's playing in the XFL. He'll be a solid. He doesn't even belong there. He's relegated to <laughs> semi-pro. <dude>. USFL. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be playing with Nick Eilers in South Dakota. <laughs> Shout out Nick Eilers, baby. <laughs> got a rush touchdown last game. That's, That's my boy. That's so crazy. <laughs> I love Nick. I love that man. <laughs> and, yeah, so I I liked it. We got a lot younger. We needed it. I would like to also draft, address the end somewhere in this draft. We didn't, but I think we're going to do that in free agency. I do think Travis Gibson can still make a comeback. And, yeah, I was very happy with this pick. They said they reached, but everyone had a 
us picking him in the second round, we got him in the third round. So I don't understand how that's a reach. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of just stuff in this draft that everybody's considered reaches for some reason. Yeah. Like just because they could consider a reach. When at the same time, when you look at what the Bears needed, this was there. They needed it. They were yeah. when you watched the Bears play last year, it was like teams just opened up the red sea every time they wanted to run the ball against the Bears. Yeah. It was awful. So just getting younger, like it doesn't even have to be like the best players. Like like you were saying, the South Carolina defense wasn't that impressive last year. He he like when you look at his combine and stuff, it was just like, yeah, he looks pretty good. You know, but it just gets younger and the potential is there. I'd rather have him out there taking up minutes and stinking if he ends up stinking than Antonio Blackson or Al Qadin Muhammad out there stinking. Yeah. Because they stole millions of dollars from us to do that. So I'd rather just get younger and have those guys be bad. Yeah. Then have, have old guys be bad that took money from us. I like this pick. This is a, it would be a good pick. Yeah. South Carolina defenders have a good track record. We had Stephon Gilmore. We had Jadavion Clowney for the few years before he just kind of went off the cliff. Uh, Melvin Ingram. They have a pretty good track record. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about that. J.C. Horn. He's played well. Devontae Holloman. Sadly, he was going to have a very good career for the Cowboys, but he had a neck injury. The last game of his rookie year, that was when they were in the golden era of Gamecocks football. I remember him. They have a proven track record, so I'm not worried about this pick at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to the next two picks. Uh, we were talking about how people were saying the Bears were reaching. On these next two picks, people were saying the Bears got a couple steals. And day three might be the day in which I'm most excited about, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. Like, as we were about to go to Roshan Johnson, he's yep. six foot, he's two twenty. He was statistically, it's basically like we're talking about Montgomery again. We drafted yeah. Montgomery. He's the most, he was actually the most elusive running back in the country. I mean, he ran well. He's strong. He was a, he was recruited as a quarterback. He was like a three or four star quarterback. So we can do, if we want to be, you know, jerk offs, we line him at quarterback, have fields in the backfield, and just do wacky stuff <laughs> at that. Which we probably will. Which we will at some point. So that's always fun. I mean, when you have a, like a legitimate guy that can handle, like, Wildcat responsibilities, like, above averagely, that, that helps out a lot. Uh, you look at what the Saints have done with Taysom Hill. I know he was, at one point he was a quarterback, but still. When he gets in the game, they don't know what to do. When, when he's the starting quarterback, he gets, like, 100 rushing yards a game. Like, and every they've time. won the vast majority of the games where he started at quarterback. So, I like this pick a lot. I think, you know, with him, Herbert, and Deontay Foreman, it's a three-headed monster. We want to run the ball. We have our O-line is all run graders. Nate, uh, Nate Davis is a run grader. Uh, Darnell right next to him. Got Cody White here at center. That's official now. Tevin Jenkins is the definition of a run guy. <laughs> Braxton Jones was a great run blocker. We want to run the ball. We have a fullback. We ain't playing fullback, baby. <laughs> Curry Plaston game, where you at, my boy? <laughs> we want to run the ball. It's cold outside. We're running the ball. Passion, we're running man. the ball at real men, not like Tony Schiffman. <laughs> we're running the ball. I'm so glad we're recording. I like this pick. When the Bears are good, they have a good running back. We needed it. It's, I know it's that, that's like a 1960s mindset, but that's just how it is. We're never going to be leading the league in passing yards. The one year we did, we still missed the playoffs. I like this pick a lot. I'm done. You guys talk about him. I'm happy. I'm happy. Josh, um... How much competition does Roshan Johnson bring into the running back room right away, or do you think this is just Khalil Herbert's position for oh, at least the I think I think Roshan Johnson brings a lot of competition because um, you know he was behind Bijan Robinson who went uh, to the Falcons, um, but Roshan Johnson, man, 
when he played, he played really good. You know, he has a very good get off. He's a very downhill uh, back. He's kind of like a Montgomery, but I, in terms of like play style, I think he's much better than Montgomery. Um, he's a great blocker. Like his blocking when it's pass is phenomenal. And I feel like we're going to utilize this guy. I think there's going to be a huge rotation in our backfield. Um, but I also think they're going to use this guy on special teams because he can, I feel like he can be a threat on special teams. Um, but also like this guy is probably like one of the best backs that came out of the draft. Um, you know, he's sixth position rank, 84 overall rank. Um, and, I mean, like, I was watching some of his film. Like, he went and laid out a defensive end and caught a pass for, like, a 20-yard gain. Strong. Like, he is magnificently strong. He has less wear and tear on him than B. John Robinson. And I feel like that's way critical in a lot of – and, like, I was watching a lot of uh, post-draft uh, uh, interviews, and, you know, Poles was just, like, dumbfounded as to how some of these guys that we drafted dropped so low, you know? And I feel like that says a lot coming from Poles, too, because – we had 11 last year and then 10 this year, you know, like he did some work, you know, he went, he went in and put the time in and really got to know the guys on a really like, you know, person to person face to face level. And that was the big emphasis with what he said about some of these guys, especially like Roshan, like talk, he, he's a face to face guy. Like he can't do zoom. He can't do phone calls. He needs to see the person be with the person, you know? And I feel like that was great with this because that's when you establish that trust, you know, and it's just like you see the commitment and passion and everything. And I feel like Roshan Johnson brings that a lot to the table because he was looked over because of Bijan. Bijan was a great running back at Texas, right? And I feel like this guy has so much more to prove, and I feel like he could do that, especially with the Bears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we got three hungry guys that all want to be the starter. Whoever wants to prove that he can be a starter, because whenever he's been a starter, he's been great. Dante Foreman said, yeah, I'm not coming here to be a backup, and so is this guy. So we got three hungry dogs in our backfield with the best running quarterback in the league. We may run for 5,000 yards. <laughs> that would be awesome. I would love that. Have three 1,000-yard rushers in the backfield. Oh, That'd my be God, crazy. dude. Another dude that just gets a cool 600 and, like, 10 touchdowns because yeah. he's on the and goal line. I don't, <laughs> feels, I don't feels just completes, like, 80% of his passes. <laughs> he throws, like, 10 passes all year. Yeah. I don't mean to, like, back, Army game. I don't mean to backtrack too much, but, like, focusing on Darnold Wright and how he talked about um, – Alex talked about, um, you know, with the whole run game and everything. Yeah, they're all run graders. Like, Have you do. seen his game against LSU when they're on the goal line? Do you see how low, much lower he gets? Darnell Wright? Yes. Oh, yeah. When when I was looking at, like, all the pictures and the articles and, like, reading about him, I thought he was, like, 6'3". I was like, oh, he's 6. He just plays that low? Like, he is a phenomenal run blocker. Like, this guy got lower than a, like, no, like first-round overall pick from LSU – and drives him, like, five yards to the sideline. Like, Darnell Wright is going to be, like, the best guy to run behind ever. And Justin Fields is going to, like, go up to Poles and give Poles a raise himself. Like, <laughs> some of his contracts. Yeah, bro. Um, we need to protect. I'm tired of seeing Fields get hit. At this point, whenever I see Fields get hit, it's like seeing my girlfriend. She plays basketball on Wednesday nights. It's when, like, some 30-year-old she plays against hits her. I'm like, and I want to, like, run onto the court. I'm tired of seeing Fields get hit. I don't think he's going to get hit much more after this. Yeah, so. I mean, the way Justin Fields, like, plays football. I love him. Football, I love him. I, like, every time he gets hit, my mind just goes flashback. RG3, flashback. Everybody, that Lamar Jackson's gotten hurt a bunch of times. It's just scary. I don't like it. So, 
having these guys out here able to take some of that pressure off of him is just going to be so nice. He's yeah. throwing for like 2,000 yards, bro. Like That's all we need. That's all we need. I think he'll get a cool 3,526 touchdown passes and like seven rushing touchdowns. That's what I think. Dude, he's gonna. I feel like he's gonna be a dog next season, man. Like we just gave him the key to the city with giving the, him this O line right now. Yes. And then to our next pick, yeah. Tyler Scott. Oh my God, he's one of the most underrated players in this draft. I mean, he's five ten. He's one eighty out of Cincinnati. He separates like no one else in this draft. He just had absolutely terrible court. Like I saw, it was like remember when when Odo Beckham got cut from the Browns and his dad made like a. Six-minute video Baker of, like, Mitchell Baker Mayfield overthrowing him on, like, deep balls. That's what I literally saw for this year. They had Ben Bryant, quarterback, Lions Township High School, about 30 minutes from here. This guy started out in Wisconsin, transferred to Cincinnati, transferred to Eastern Michigan, had bad stats, then transferred back to Cincinnati to be their quarterback since Ritter left. So that's who he had playing at quarterback and some, like, redshirt freshmen. I think this is another steal. He's, like, basically Darnell Mooney. Just faster. Just faster. I mean, that. this is your fourth receiver. Like, yeah. that's awesome. I feel like this guy learning from Mooney, Equinemius, Claypool, DJ Moore, I feel like this guy has untapped potential. Yeah. I mean, the, he played the, in a good receiver room. They had two tight ends drafted. They had Alec Pierce last year. They had another receiver drafted this year as well. I can't remember his name, but, I mean, he was at a good program. They were in the playoffs a year ago. And this guy has probably one of the best quarterbacks in the league, like, Justin Fields is going to have a day. Who is that? Who is that? Just some random guy. I don't know. Okay, cool. <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> Josh got distracted. Like a, I did, bro. Like a dog. <laughs> no, because last, last episode, yeah. this guy loses it. He screams, scared me, okay? Screams Bloody Mary. I've never been so scared in my life, man. Yeah. <laughs> like that, I've never heard something like that come out of this man. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's Switek. Switek looks like a goblin, so I got scared. <laughs> Shout out to Switek. Love you, Switek. He beat the case. <laughs> no. He literally has a battery uh, 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 case uh. against him. Okay. <laughs> Not a real one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, All right. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Scott, I think that was a steal of a pick in this draft. I mean, there was a lot of guys who got drafted before him where a lot of people, when I'm watching the film, a big like question about these middle round receivers is how they could get separation. A lot That's of them can't the, get separation. The main thing you need in the NFL. And a lot of those dudes couldn't. They had all the other speed and everything, and they just couldn't separate. Quinn Johnson. That's why they yeah, didn't put him in the slot. Exactly. Um, but this dude, he's just dusted everybody. He's going out there like I mean, he's an Olympic sprinter, or used to be an Olympic sprinter. He did. Yeah, oh, I didn't even know that. Well, a junior Olympic sprinter. Oh, like, same thing. Yeah. It's still, it's still impressive. Exactly. <laughs> he's still running against Western Africans. It's, he's, <laughs> he's there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's another guy, a lot like the last three or four guys we've talked about. It's just like, there's so much ceiling on him. There's no reason not to take him when you're the Bears. So just take him. And he's he could have, you know, be just the fourth receiver his entire career. But at the same time, he has the ability to be the number one yeah. receiver in two years. We got him. We can use him on reverses. We can mm-hmm. use him on those tunnel screens. He's he's everything we wanted Velas Jones to be last yeah, year. Yeah. Like, Sorry, Velas. <laughs> Basically. And he's not 31. Yeah, 72 <laughs> years old. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about one more guy in this draft class for the Bears, like in depth, and that's Noah Sewell. Oh, yes. Um, he's a brother of Penny Sewell, one of the best right tackles in the league. We got Ooh. two brothers on the Lions. 
Mm-hmm. We got the better brothers now. Yes, we do. I'm taking Equimedia St. <laughs> Brown over Amon Ross St. Brown any day of the week. <laughs> um, but going back to Sewell, he, before the Steel. season, before the season, um, he was projected top 10 pick. Yeah. A lot of people had him in the, like that top 10, top 15 range. He was supposed to be like the best linebacker. And then he just dropped throughout the entire college football season. How much of a steal is this guy for the this, Bears? This guy, I love Sanborn, but I think he might beat out Sanborn. He's a higher prospect than Sanborn. He's more athletic. He's bigger. You know, he's kind of like a, a, a what's the, what's the, the phrase? The not marquee, but like when you're like blue chip. Oh. He's a blue chip type of guy. He's a, he's a Sewell brother for Christ's sake. I, I think this is a steal. I mean, he's going to play strong side linebacker in this defense. That's the guy that's on first and second down, subs out for Kyler Gordon on third down. That's what we need. He's a big thumper. He's 260 pounds and can move pretty well. We don't need him to move laterally because he's going downhill. That's what the big thing was. He couldn't move laterally very well. He's going to back up those defensive tackles that oh, yeah. are going to be raw. He might play defensive tackle at some point. Oh, that would be sick. He's big. <laughs> he, he, can, he can put a punch out there, man. Like, I was watching his film and – Man, can can he just, dude? He lays people out for fun. We finally, he, have a big Polynesian. We need we need one of those big small ones. All the best Every defenses. Every good team Tonga, no. has, a, has one of them. We had one. We had one. And we just let him go. He's gonna be like Leonard Fournette. He just laughs after he just lays someone out. Like he's just gonna be insane. Yes. And I feel like that. Like like I said before. Like that's something we need because that's gonna add to our to our whole team's identity. You know. Like, just go out there, kill people, and just have fun doing it. Yeah. We have a physical group on both sides of the ball. Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bears had a couple more picks. We spent a lot of time talking about them already, though. I wanted to move on to the rest of the NFL draft. Yeah, that's good. Uh, let's move on to just the first overall pick. Let's go 1 through 31 in this draft because the Dolphins are stupid. Um, Dolphins, they're not even <laughs> worth talking about. Their draft, their draft I thought they, they messed up their draft. They didn't. Tua has four brain cells. They didn't <laughs> draft any offensive lineman. They drafted another corner after trading for Jalen Ramsey and already having Xavier Howard. So the lot, the Dolphins, in terms of draft, are relegated. <laughs> We're not talking about the Dolphins. <laughs> Go play in the XFL because the Orlando Predators couldn't get it done. So they need one good team in Florida. So go to the XFL from from uh, February to July. You're an XFL team. <laughs> Where do the Guardians get relevate, relegated then to? Shanghai Sharks. <laughs> no, they have to go play in the Japanese league. Dude, those guys are some dogs. There's a there, Japanese bro. football league? Yes, yeah, dude, That's where they the Michigan insane, quarterback played bro. there. Devin Gardner, he played there for like six years. That's crazy. Those guys are physical, man. <laughs> well, they're all in there all like 5'6", 150, so they're just <laughs> giving it their all. Dude, there are some physical guys out there, bro. I was watching some film. Like, they are some physical Yeah, they're, like, they're descendants of like the, their World War II army, so like, they're going all for it, kamikaze style. <laughs> all right, let's – all right, number one overall With pick. With <laughs> Bryce Young to the Panthers. <laughs> I thought it was a good pick for the Panthers. Yeah, um that was a great pick. Um, you know, <laughs> I can't with you exactly. Um, I thought it was a great pick for them. You know, everyone – he he got he called it right. I can't even think right now. He called it right. I thought CJ Stroud would go number one, but uh, I think Bryce Young was the better of the two. Um, Bryce Young was still hyped uh, to see CJ get drafted right after him. There was some video on that, and um, I mean I think this is the sky's the limit for this kid on this team. You know I think Frank Reich is gonna have a good time coaching this guy up because they call Frank Reich the QB whisperer. You know he can unlock untapped potential with QBs, I guess. 
Um, I just think they need to get him some weapons. You know, um, yeah, I thought they overall I thought they had a great draft to get Bryce Young, obviously, but then they followed up with Jonathan Mingo, who I think is the next AJ Brown, big receiver, same skill set from Old Miss, also a second round pick. I thought that was a great move. Really solidified the receiving core now with Chark, Thielen, Mingo, LaVisca Chenault, Terrence Marshall. Then you got Hayden Hurst and Ian Thomas at tight end with Miles Sanders in the backfield with Chuba Hubbard and uh, Tawan Blackshear. I think they have all the weapons. They added another offensive lineman, Chandler Zavala out of NC State. He was a late riser. He was really physical, 6'3", 322. Pretty good player. Uh, Overall rank, 86. I mean, that's pretty good. You got an outside linebacker, DJ Johnson. They needed that. Jamie Robinson. Of, uh, they, they want to put him at safety because they want to make Jeremy Chin more of a in-the-box front seven type defender because he's capable of that. Yeah, I thought it was a very good draft. I thought the Panthers had a very good offseason. They got their quarterback. They added what they needed to add. This team was very close to winning the division last year. I think, for me right now, they're the front runners to win their division. Yeah, I mean, I Bryce Young is – going to be one of the best players in this draft like no doubt i think going into the situation that the carolina panthers have right now though just solidify that even more i think if he had gone to the houston texans at that number two pick and the panthers won this draft i don't think it's as you know solid that he ends up being one of the best players in this draft class i think with the panthers with the system that they have built around him all the roster spots that they have filled in the offseason and then also in this draft i think first of all this team could go on and win the nfc south next season like straight as it is with Bryce Young at quarterback. Um, like, and I think they were already competing for the NFC South title before they drafted him at quarterback. Hmm. So I think he's just going into like the best possible situation. You know, I think Anthony Richardson's going to a pretty good situation too. We'll talk about him at pick number four. Um, but I think Bryce Young, besides him, I think he's going to a better situation than even him. And I, that's on top of the fact that he's probably one of the most talented passers we've seen in a little while in the you know, yeah, so without a doubt. Mm-hmm. So this was, you know, knock out of the park. I wanted to ask you guys though: Did you feel like Bryce Young was always going to be the number one overall pick, or was C.J. Stroud in that conversation at one point? Stroud was in that conversation for one point because the Panthers really liked him. Josh McCown even said at the pro day, "Hey, when you're in Charlotte, you know, we're going to do this and that." Said really, that was for about a month there. Everyone thought it was going to be C.J. Stroud, but for me, going during the regular season, I thought Bryce Young was going to be number one overall. Started the draft, I thought he was going to be number one overall. The middle part, I thought it was Stroud. Then towards the end, I was like, okay, it's Bryce Young. We were done with the he's too short, stupid games. He's the, He was the best quarterback in this draft. He was just small. That's and it. The problem with that, like, and I understand that like being a small player has its negatives in the NFL. But Drew Brees is one of the yeah. greatest quarterbacks of all time. Kyler Murray came in and played very well, and when he's healthy, he still plays very well. Like Both those guys are smaller than Bryce Young. Like, that's like, I don't know how you can come in and like say that is a reason he shouldn't be picked that highly. Like, that's not enough. I think for an offensive lineman, yeah, maybe. But for a quarterback, I don't think that matters that much. And I think the Panthers made the right choice of taking him there. Um, we've been talking about Str- CJ Stroud a little bit. Let's move on to that number two and number three overall pick for the Houston Texans. They won the draft. Texans had the best draft in the entire NFL. I mean, you get your franchise quarterback and then. You have it was like the draft day movie where we're trading back in, <laughs> and you get the best defensive player in this draft. So you got arguably so what some people thought was best quarterback and then the best defensive player. You follow that up, you get your center for the next ten years in Juice Scruggs, the guy that Great I liked. Name. 
great, great name. name. He's very, very athletic. He's a very good center. He's from Penn State. I kind of wanted the Bears to draft him. A little went a little higher than I thought. Then you go get Nathaniel Dell, who's one of the. He's probably the other than Scott. He's the most slept on receiver in this draft. His athleticism, his elusiveness is insane. It's off the charts. He's just a lightning bug. He's kind of like that guy the Patriots drafted out of Houston, Jack Jones. Oh yeah. That plays all three phases of the ball because he's that explosive. He's basically like that, just as a receiver. And then you go and you go, you get Henry Toto Oto. It's the inside line. Demico Ryan's is their head coach. He was inside linebacker for Alabama. This is a guy we thought was going to go much higher in the draft. Slid for whatever reason. A lot of guys slid this year. I think he's going to be their signal caller in their defense for the next ten years. You go and you get Jared, Jared Patterson. Fell to the sixth round. Notre Dame offensive lineman. You can never go wrong with that. Xavier Hutchinson was a receiver. I thought was going to go much higher. You had him in the sixth. I mean, I thought this was a great draft. You had Dylan Horton, solid DN out of Texas, uh, Christian University. Very good draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought they won the draft by far. Josh, how do you feel about it? I think they, I think they won it. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who were running for that win spot. But I think getting C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, so you add two guys who are gonna be leaders on both of the ball sides of the ball. I think um, that just kind of, I don't think it solidifies them winning their uh, division. But I feel like you're getting a, an above 500 season, you know, like a wild card uh, type of team, and and then the sky's the limit from there. Um, CJ Stroud and I wanted to like go back a little bit, but like I think CJ Stroud dropped off from that number one pick because of that um that test that they had to take. Yeah, Things like the essay something. Cognitive. Sorry, it's like that uh, cognitive testing, right? Wonderlick. Yes, the Wonderlick. Yeah. You. So, you know, he drafted the lowest out of every quarterback and eighteen percent, but he said that I'm not a test taker. I'm a football player. Personally, I think he just flunked that on purpose because he didn't want to go to the Texans. Personally, because you look at him when he got drafted, he was not happy. He tried to do the fake happy. He was not happy. Now, I don't like that, but I think he'll get over it. He, he'll be in Texas. There's no state income tax. He'll like that. They actually have a pretty solid team around him. Mm-hmm. They're going to have very good young weapons. They got Nathaniel Dell. They got John Mechie back. Yeah, from leukemia. Thank the Lord. Yeah. From the ACL and leukemia. Thank you. Nico Collins is solid. They have the dog Ted and that got us the number one overall pick. <laughs> they got Damian Pierce in the backfield to go with Damian Harris. Don't they have Goddard too? From uh, Dal- Dalton Schultz. Dalton, they got Schultz. Dalton Schultz. Oh my god. I mean they got Tunsil. They got Kenyon Green with you. I will get better in year two. He struggled in year one, but he'll get better. Now you got Juice Scruggs. Tyus Howard is okay at right tackle. It's a solid offensive line. You have a good young head coach that you can connect with. I think if I was you shot personally, I would want to go to Texas. If you turn that team around They'll pay you. Texans will pay you. And they won't say anything if you don't turn it around, honestly, because it's the Texans. People know the yeah. Texans are a garbage dumpster fire of an organization. I think the Texans are not turning the tide. They fired that Jack Easterby guy that led oh, to the entire downfall, downfall of that team. Uh, they they kind of fixed their owner situation. Nick Casario is pretty solid. They have a good young head coach. I think they're done with the carousel of one-year guys. I think this is where they turn around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean – not only are these two of the best players in the draft, they're two of the best players at two of the most important positions in football right now. Quarterback and edge rusher are the two biggest positions yeah. in football at the moment. The top four positions are quarterback, edge rusher, left tackle, and uh, receiver. So now you have 
all four. Mm-hmm. And you, like, no, I think young. You addressed everything. Like it's, you got nothing to lose in this draft too. Like it was yeah. a lot of that like mindset that I think the Bears had was just like you might as well trade up and get Will Anderson. Just go for it. Why not? Got nothing to lose. You either have another JJ Watt on your hands, or you just have a guy who's. You have a Jadavion Clowney. It's one or the two, and both yeah. of them ended up being pretty all right for you at well, least. And they're, 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 saying, yeah. they're saying that Will Anderson's the next JJ Watt, but like scarier. That's what that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, but I don't know if anyone's scared that's a reach. JJ Watt. That, that one picture of him with the bloody noses. I think he'll be he'll be oh. Von Miller. Yeah, that's what I think personally. Yeah, I think it's it, it was a good draft for the Texans for sure. No doubt. Uh, moving on to the third overall or the fourth overall pick. My bad. Anthony Richardson going to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, people were kind of had a lot of contra- controversy over who that uh, third quarterback was going to be. Ended up being Anthony Richardson because Will Levis fell all the way to the second. Round. That's the yeah. right pick. Yeah. You got Stane Stetchen, Coach Jalen Hurts. He took Jalen Hurts to what he was as a rookie to what he is now as an MVP candidate. If he didn't get hurt, he would have won MVP. He, was, he played great in the Super Bowl. I mean, he outplayed Pat Mahomes. He just lost. Simple as that. I think Anthony Richardson is the perfect guy to pick. They got Josh Downs in round three is a steal yeah. to pair with Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman. So now you got a quarterback that has a little bit of accuracy issues. So now you got three big wide receivers and a big catch radius. That will help them. You get Julius Brents in the second round, good corner. Blake Freeland, I think that'll be their left tackle. They haven't found one since Anthony Costanzo retired. That's their left tackle. Another steal. Ottawa Timo, I'm just going to call him double A of Northwestern. Oh, wow. Oh, Physical my God. freak. We thought he was going to go late first, early second. They got him in the fourth. Darius like Rush. I was so surprised he stayed on the board that long, honestly, man. Because, like, he, he's a nice player. Yeah. Yo, your boy Will Mallory out of Miami, solid tight end to go with Jelani Woods and Mo Ali Cox. A lot of people thought he was one of the better tight ends in the class, and he fell. He had the production to agree with that. Well, that's, that's also because Miami's offense was a dumpster yeah, was, fire, and he was the only person they could throw the ball to. Well, then you get Evan Hole in the fifth round. That's a good back to compliment. He's a good pass catcher. That'll go well with Jonathan Taylor, especially if he misses games. He missed the games this year. And then, you know, you get Jalen Jones. Solid. I thought he was going to go a little higher. Jake Witt. I heard he was the big, small, small school guy this year. He's the only D2 guy I picked this year. Very sad for us. But, yeah, I thought this was a great draft. They had, like, 12 picks of guys josh Jones, i think was the main steal i think freeland can be good it'll just take time i thought they had a great draft do you think i kind of talked about it a little bit earlier when i was talking about situations do you think this is the perfect situation for anthony richardson to be dropped into yeah i mean yeah. he's got when they're healthy a good offensive line i think they'll get much better than they were last year he's in the right system it's perfect for his skill set you got three big wide receivers that's what he needs he's not the most accurate they can get down the field. He's a good downfield thrower. I think this is the perfect place for him to be. You're not in. A, you're in a bad division. You're in a dome. You're gonna play potentially ten games a year in a dome because you got eight or nine at home, and then the Texans. So that always helps quarterbacks. Quarterbacks always play better in domes. I think this is the right place for him. What do you think his potential is on the Colts? Do you think he could be the best quarterback in this draft when it's all said and done? He has the potential to. I think he's going to be, if everything goes right, he'll be like a Cam Newton. I mean, Cam Newton was on pace to be one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, but you know, he, he messed up the shoulder. Yeah. That derailed his career at age like 27. I think he'll be like that. Might take a little. He won't have the immediate impact that Cam had because Cam had like 4,000 yards as a rookie. But by year three, 
it's going to be like Josh Allen. Josh Allen's the best quarterback out of the 2018 draft, arguably. Him and Lamar, I'd take Josh Allen just because of the playoff success. I think Josh Allen, Cam Newton, that's the type of player he'll be if they develop him correctly. That's And that's scary. That's, yeah. that's scary. He's more athletic and bigger than both of them. Uh-huh. Maybe not Cam, because Cam's 6'5", he's 6'4", but still. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the God's tastiest baby and, and hungriest pit bull look that Josh Allen has half the uh-huh. time. So. And Cam Newton just had the sad baby who lost his lollipop in the garbage that one time. His, his weird, Ended up with Trey Young. His weird num- letters, numbers <laughs> thing on Twitter. And his, I love Cam Newton. His big hats and hairstyle. He's just a strange person. All he these he was normal, then he, now he's weird. I don't All know these what nobodies getting jobs. Well, I mean, it's the NFL. We saw what happened to Antonio Brown, too. He was normal and weird, too. I love Cam. I love him. But I just think he's being very delusional at this point. I love Cam. I mean, this is going to sound bad, but like, in reality, I think he should go to like, a, like an XFL-type place. I think it would help his career. Go there. You're going to have fun. They'll probably give him extra money, like but some of the other small well, leagues have yeah, done before. Josh Gordon and Johnny Manziel got bags from the yeah. Fan Control Football League go, when they joined that. Go play there. Be the MVP. Because if he joined the, the league, he'd be MVP and they'd win the entire thing. And then go go back in the NFL. That's what I would do. Yeah. Especially in like, It's yeah. a little insulting, but that's probably the best move for him right now. It's the only place where he's going to be an unquestioned starter. And I would definitely buy an XFL Cam Newton. Yeah. Jersey. Come on now. That'd Who be wouldn't? sick. Um, let's move on to pick at number five here, where the Seattle Seahawks took Devin Witherspoon, a cornerback out of Illinois. Josh, how do you feel about this pick? It was a great pick. Like, this, Seattle is, like Sackley said, like, before the show started, like, they're putting up 40 a game, you know? Like, uh, I think on offense and defense, this guy adds a whole nother level to them. And, you know, a lot of the talk around the league right now is that they got the second coming of Legion of Boom. Yeah. You know, like th- this guy is the guy you want to go out there and just absolutely put someone in an ambulance. Like th- this guy's coverage and his hitting and everything he does is top tier. This guy produced, he produced a ton in Illinois. I watched him a lot whenever Illinois played because, you know, Larson's a big Illinois fan. So, you know, he was one of the focal points that I really uh, focused on besides Chase Brown, who we'll get to. But, uh, this guy really, really has, like, untapped potential. Like, this is probably one of the best defensive guys in this draft. Yeah. I mean, he can hit. Not only that, he had four or five interceptions. I mean, he's a complete corner. You got it's the, the rookie uh, from... I've been trying to think of his name this entire time. From where? Tariq Woolen. Thank you. You got Tariq Woolen, who's the six four long Richard Sermon-type corner that arguably should have been defensive rookie of the year. Now you pair him with Devin Witherspoon back on the other side, the hard-hitting, fast, you know, smaller corner that's a beast. You have Jamal Adams at safety, the, the ultimate in-the-box blitz boy safety. You got Who, Bobby Wagner back, too. Yeah, Bobby Wagner back. You signed uh, the three technique from Denver. Uh, um, the guy that the Bears should have gotten, but then I, I was actually happy they didn't get. <sighs> they, gave him, they gave him three years, 51 million. Cause, What's yeah, because he got the bag. Duh-duh-duh. Uh, Oh, the, the, I'm sorry. His name is D. It's like D something. Is it? <laughs> I'm sorry. Jones, Dequan Jones. Yeah, we'll just like leave that. Yeah. it at that. <laughs> I mean, you have that. You have Yuchenna Nwosu, who's a very underrated edge rusher. Jordan Brooks had 140 tackles last year. I mean, this defense is going to be much. Draymond Jones. That was his name. 
Yeah, Draymond Jones. I was like, it's something D. Yes, I, I'm really drawing. Work, work was <laughs> tough today, guys. Just bear with me. <laughs> if Stankley can't pull players out of <laughs> yeah, it was a long nether day. world, you know it's a long day. <laughs> yeah, you know it's bad. It's a long day. When the stat man isn't there, I, I'm turning. I'm turning it on right now. Mamba <laughs> mentality activated. Okay, then obviously you have that defense, but now the offense they might score 40 points a game. Okay, so they had a great duo at wide receiver with DK Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna go get the consensus number one wide receiver in this draft, Jackson Smith and Jigwood, who had 500 yards and 30 touchdowns in a Rose Bowl game. And then, oh yeah, we have the rookie of the year offensively at running back. Oh yeah, we're gonna go get Zach Charbonnet. Who's consensus third ranked running back in this draft? And then, oh, our one weakness at O line was kind of center. Oh, we're gonna get Olsen Ogle with Timmy oh, in Michigan. Oh no! The fifth round. And add and add Cameron Young, a very good run stuffing D tackle from Mississippi State. Yeah, Mike Morris is a good edge. Uh, Kenny McIntosh in the seventh round. That's your third running back because they lost Travis Homer to the Bears. I mean, this team is ready to compete with San Francisco for that division crown. I honestly think this is, they're probably the second best team in the NFC. Second or third best team in the NFC. Geno Smith's about to put in some work. Yeah. Geno really Smith, I, it looked like they are going to take Anthony Richardson. They ended up taking no quarterbacks. He's happy with that. He's juiced about that. He got a new extension. Oh, He's yeah. ready to go. Do you think if Anthony Richardson didn't get taken the pick before, they would have taken him? There was a solid, yeah, I think there was a good chance, 50-50 chance. Yeah. I mean, when I was watching the draft for the Seattle Seahawks, I was like, I looked at those first two picks, and I'm like, yes, they're both very good players, but like, why? And then I kind of thought about it. And I'm like, because why not? Yeah, literally. <laughs> they, them, them, and the Lions both had luxury picks because they were they had top ten picks, but they were basically playoff good. teams. They were good teams. They were good teams. Uh, I mean, especially Seattle because they didn't you know start one and six like the Lions. They <laughs> were good throughout the entire year. They had a little bit of a lull, but then they had some injuries, but then they picked it up and they had the whole year without Jamal Adams. That was supposed to be one of their best defensive players. You had two luxury picks, but they're just best player available. Best player, when you pick best player available, you usually have the best results. Mm-hmm. You can't always just do need. Sometimes you just got to go, like the Bengals. Best player available is Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need tackle. We'll figure it out. And Jamar Chase goes and wins rookie of the year, and they make the Super Bowl. They figured it out. <laughs> I mean, not only does it say, okay, we're going to have the, one of the best passing offenses, which they did, franchise record for yards, but then we're, yeah, we still like to run the ball. I'm still Pete Carroll. I'm going to go get Zach Charbonnet to pair with uh, Kenneth Walker. I mean, this is just a great draft. The oldest and oldest team is going to be a steal in the fifth round. Oh, man. Especially I, since they had two of the best rookie tackles last year. At the end of the I year. mean, yeah, their center was what, Austin Blythe? Yeah. It's okay. But, like, why not just have him? Why not just have the All-American Remington Award Outland Trophy winner? In the fifth round. In the fifth round. Might <laughs> <Dude>. as well. <laughs> I really wish the Bears would have picked him up, bro. I wanted him, but I trust White here. I'm a little salty about it, but we'll be okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you. I really liked a little teamy. Yeah, all right. <sighs> all right. We're going to take a quick break at about 9 o'clock. we got about one more time to talk about the next pick, and then we'll pick it back up when we come back from our break. The sixth overall pick, the Arizona Cardinals take Paris Johnson Jr., somebody who the, everybody thought the Bears were going to take. How do you like this pick for the Cardinals? They needed it. They're Franchise quarterback towards ACL. He's the smallest quarterback in the league, and he's been hit the most. The offensive line has been bad. 2021, they were, looked like a Super Bowl contender. The offensive line was not good. I always said that, and that's what ended up killing them. They needed it. They had Kelvin Beecham at one of their – he's like 35, and he's the shortest tackle in the league. They needed it. They have – other than their two tackles, Humphreys and now him, 
interior of that line, it's just a bunch of no-namers. They got, like, Will Hernandez, who was discarded. Billy Price was discarded from yeah, both those Cincinnati. Were, they were both supposed to be so good. Justin Pugh's, like, 35. He needed it. Even with Pemberton not playing for most of the year, you still need it. Well, you need it even more because of that, because yeah. now you're probably going to have to go start your fifth-round pick in Clayton Toon or one of the other 82 backups that they have that are just career backups. Josh, how do you feel about this pick? I was a little salty about it because I, I liked, like I said before, I, I liked Paris a lot. But, um, I mean, good for him. You know, I think, like, like I said, you know, Murray's been sacked a bunch. I mean, way more than Fields. Um, you know, and I think they this guy adds a pretty good, um, you know, spot to their line. And I feel like he's really going to solidify that left side. Um and I mean, for the most part, they they really, you know, they loaded up on defense. They only drafted three offensive people in this draft, so it really tells you where their needs are. But I feel like their needs are to get more protection on that line for Murray. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the reason Kyler Murray got sacked was when you watch him play, he just gets scared. He looks like that rookie year Justin Fields, where it'd be like he'd sit there for like half a second and then just immediately run away, especially, and then that's what would get him into a yeah, sack. especially that Raiders game. Exactly. Yeah. So if you just have a guy that, like, maybe not blocks better for Kurt Murray to get out of the pocket, but just gives him a little more confidence to stay in the pocket yeah, and, like, have set feet and just throw the way Kyler Murray can throw. Like, yeah. there's a lot of times where, like, people make fun of Kyler Murray because he runs around and dances like that, but when that man sets and throws the ball, he is a dog. Yeah, and I think this guy honestly can bring that out again in Murray. And I feel like they can find their, you know, success again. Were there other players in this draft left that you thought would have been better for the Cardinals than Paris Johnson Jr.? No. I felt, yeah, you could. they were mocked to get Will Anderson, but Tyree Wilson I don't think was worth it just because they need offensive line. I thought he was the best offensive lineman available at that point. I thought that was the right pick. I mean, um, the other thing coming out of the Arizona Cardinals was that the possibility that DeAndre Hopkins could have been traded during this draft. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they didn't go and do that? They're, they gave him a giant contract. They're asking too much, and they're not taking enough money. And no one wants, no one wanted to give up a second-round pick and have to pay $27 million to a 31-year-old wide receiver. He's stuck with the team. It's just what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I also think, I, I think for the most part it was him, too. Because he has that no trade clause where you know he can deny it uh, where to where who wherever they try and send him to, I think that was a big part. And they were and he himself was just like, I'm not going there. Like what what where where is the success there at, at that organization? You know, I feel like it's more or less, you know, the whole money factor with wanting to pay him and eat up the contract, but also with him himself like I'm not going in there. So I think that's where it kind of came down to. I mean, that that's kind of what I was saying with that no-trade clause where it was like they probably did want to trade him to some places, but he was like, no, I don't want to go to that place. Yeah, and that's the that's the risk you run when you give something like that to a player of that caliber. Yeah. You know? and I mean, like I'm sure there's teams that like very much wanted DeAndre Hopkins, no matter the contract. Like, I don't know, I feel like a team like the Patriots would have traded for DeAndre Hopkins, but I'm oh, yeah. feeling there was a shot DeAndre Hopkins said, no, I don't want to go to the Patriots. They're going to be he, third in their division yeah. probably, maybe even fourth. I think fourth. Mac, they didn't That's help, how good the AFC is. They didn't help yeah, Mac Jones either this draft. They, they didn't really get didn't. any wide receivers. No, nothing. I don't know. Bill Belichick, he's losing it. 
He's I think he's, like I think crazy. He's probably just doing it on purpose. He's though. having his Phil Jackson run now. <laughs> yes. I think he's doing it on purpose. I think he's just tired of coaching. Without Tom, he's nothing. He and just, I think he realized that. I don't know. I don't think he's nothing. I think there's times where this team competed in the past couple seasons. But at the same time, like, it just seems like he doesn't care. He's fine that. as a coach. He is absolutely terrible as a general Jeez, manager. Yeah. I mean, he got away with that when he had Brady. It's easy because then his defense is always going to be good because he's coaching it. He can go get sixth, seventh round guys that are going to be pro bowlers. But now that he doesn't have Tom, he can't get that offense under control. Yep. Mm-hmm. Especially now that uh, Josh McDaniels is gone. For as bad as he had a coach, he was a great offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. It's just going downhill. Mm-hmm. All the, I believe what, Bill Belichick has now coached, I believe, like, Seven seasons without Tom Brady, he has a losing record. So if he has another seven and ten, eight and nine, it's really gonna hurt his legacy. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll talk more about Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels and the Raiders coming up after the break. Uh, but until then, enjoy this word from WRC and a quick song. We'll be right back with the BJB Show on WRC. All right, folks, welcome back to the Blue Jay Boys show. If you missed that first part of the episode, we talked about the Bears draft, and then we went through the first six picks in the draft. Now we want to try to quickly get through the rest of the first round, talk about some of these teams and how they did in the draft. Let's go on to pick number seven now, where the Oakland Raiders took Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. A lot of people considered him the number two pass rusher in the draft. How do you like this pick, guys? It was a great pick for them. Uh, They really needed the help on the defensive side of things, and I feel like he adds a ton, a ton of help. Uh, 6'6", 270, um, you know, he's he's really powerful. He's fast. Um, I mean, he has it all, you know, as a defensive end. Um, you know, number one position ranked, fourth overall ranked, 94 grade. I think the, the Raiders really got a special one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was surprised the Raiders were as disciplined as they were. I thought they were going to draft full Levis. The last thing they needed, the quarterback, really. They draft Terry Wilson. Some people thought he was better than Will Anderson. He's a physical freak. I mean, they were last in the league in sacks. He'll be great opposite of Max Crosby. I thought that was a great pick. Michael Mayer, arguably the best tight end in this draft. They needed a tight end with Waller gone and Foster Moreau sadly having cancer. I felt that was a big need. They have receivers, so now they got him. Then they, f- they followed up with Byron Young. Do tackle out of Alabama, solid pick. 6'4", I mean, 6'3", 294, they needed that. Uh, Trey Tucker, they had another wide. That's the receiver from Cincy that I was talking about. They, you know, it's always a good thing to have, especially when you have a quarterback that isn't the greatest in Jimmy Garoppolo. You need the Jimmy special, not special Jimmy. <laughs> Jacorian Bennett, the Maryland corner, solid pick. Was- then they have their kind of developmental quarterback, who is pretty good, Aiden O'Connell, very underrated a lot of other years, he probably would have been drafted higher. Doesn't help that he's also kind of like in the same boat as Stetson and Hendon Hooker at 24-25. Chris Smith, Georgia safety. He's a solid player. He's, you know, it's easy to get lost in a shuffle at a place like Georgia. With all those guys that they have on defense, all the guys they got in draft the last two years. But then they took a guy in the seventh, Nesta Jade Silvera. The scouts were saying if he just took football serious, he'd be like a day two, day one pick. Like He's that talented. I believe he transferred from Miami to Arizona State. They said if he just took it more serious, committed himself, he would be a much higher draft player. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah, I thought it was a good draft for the Raiders. I was surprised. They were very disciplined. They did the right things. 
unlike the Raiders usually do. So that was pretty good. Um, kind of like what I was saying with the Seahawks. It was like at the moment when they drafted Tyree Wilson, I was like, what? Why? Like, why not? Yeah, because they like had Crosby. Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. Chandler Jones washed. I hate to say it. <laughs> but he's still Chandler Jones. You yeah, know? he's like, still, still a, guy. a game here and there. Where he's, he's, he's a guy that you don't go and draft a D end at your pick number seven because you have him on your roster still, you know? Um, but then when, like, you think about it, it was, again, the same thing. It was just, like, best player available. Will Levis was obviously not the best player available. He fell so far to the point where it was obvious that he wasn't the best player available. Yeah. So I think, you know, at this point, like you were saying, the Raiders just did the smart thing for once, and they were like, they didn't reach. They just went with the guy that was there that was the best player available. And a lot of people had him sometimes, like, a lot of people in their mock drafts had him going above Will Anderson. He was going to be the number one pass rusher in a lot of people's draft classes. So getting him at pick number seven, I think, is just, you know, why not? Again, same thing. Why not? And I like you could have said the same thing if they went with Jalen Carter at that pick or something. Like It's yeah. just like, why not? So I think they made the right choice with that pick. Um, Aiden O'Connell, I think he's a guy that could just come in and, you know, if he needed to play this season, he's fine. going to do good enough. Yeah, It's going to be a very, you know, Davis Mills. He gets A lot of the thing that people are saying is he just gets the ball out of his hands. As a rookie quarterback, as a guy like fifth round coming in in emergency situations where guys are injured or something, which with Jimmy G is 50-50 chance he's injured, yeah. um, you know, he can come in and just game manage, and that's all you can ask of him. And then from there, hopefully he grows as a young passer, and then you got a steal in the fifth round there too. So yeah, Jared Stidham's gone too. He mm-hmm. went to the Broncos. Which, okay. <laughs> Jared Stidham. Hey, he played pretty well last <laughs> I game. Guess, he's a backup quarterback. <laughs> I mean, he know. played very well against – that was the number one, like, regular season performance at the 49ers the entire year. This <laughs> is crazy. <laughs> just nuts. 340 yards, three touchdowns against that defense. He was a guy, you know, the Patriot. he was going to replace Tom Brady. That never happened, but for a whole offseason there, that's what we thought. Mm-hmm. So, we'll, we'll see how all that goes, how Jimmy G plays, if, you know, kind of has to step up. Um, but I think that was a good value pick for where they yeah. took him. Um, with the next overall pick, the Atlanta Falcons took a very surprising player uh, in Bijan Robinson. Um, exactly, what happened here? I mean, they had like I believe the top two run game in the NFL last year. They had a rookie who had over a thousand yards in Cordell Patterson. I have seen memes made by Falcons fans saying that Arthur Smith's goal in life is to be able to run the ball forty <laughs> times a game. He, I guess, he's just going to do that now. They're not even going to put it in Ritter's hands. They're just going to – first down will be Bijan, second down will be Algier, and then third down will be Cordero Patterson every single play. And, yeah, I don't see – this team might run for legit 300 yards a game next year. <laughs> they added another offensive line, Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse at guard. The line was already pretty good. They re-signed Chris Lindstrom. I mean, they have a good offensive line. They added another DN, Zach Harrison. Solid player. The house did DNs usually do pretty well. Uh, Clark Phillips, solid cornerback out of Utah. I mean, they didn't really they only had six picks, not a ton, but I guess they're just going to run the ball 40 times a game next year. I mean, I think it'll help their offense. He's that good, but I guess they just wanted the best player available and didn't care about need, and they did it. See, I think this was a team that probably should have been worrying more about need than best player available. I think the Seahawks and the Raiders probably could have afforded to do best player available just because of their different situations from each other, but also different situations the falcons are like they could win the nfc south like we were saying that with the other couple teams that picked before they're going to be a 
physical team. Mm-hmm. Like we saw just this year, that Bears Falcons game. That was one of the most physical games I've ever seen. I mean, we had three players on our team get concussions. They had a bunch of injuries on their team. That was they won that game to get to I believe like five and six, five and seven. They only won one more game the rest of the year. So that game took a lot out of them as well. I mean, that's just the team they're going to be. Mm-hmm. They have a solid defense now with Jesse Bates, you know, Clay's Campbell, Anyamada, all the guys they signed, Caden El- Ellis from the Saints. They added Zach Harrison, Clark Phillips. They have a decent receiving core now with Scotty Miller and Mac Hollins adding that to London, um, Kyle Pitts and Janu Smith. So I think this could be a sleeper team. Um, if you were the GM of the Falcons, would you have gone with B. John Robinson? And if not, who would you have gone with in the spot? I wouldn't go quarterback just because it was Levis was the best one available. I mean, probably would have went. I know they already have him, but if we're going to go with the best player available, I would take Jalen Carter because Clay's Campbell's 35, 37. He's not going to play much. Grady Jarrett is – He's good, but, but he's, he's getting up there. Yeah. I would have just took him. Uh, edge rusher, maybe, but I probably would have traded back if I were them. Maybe, you know, to be honest, if I were them, I would have took Ninjigbo. You have Desmond Ruder, quarterback, you're going to need all the weapons you can get. I mean, he's he didn't look very he looked very skittish as a rookie. He's not the most talented. He's a third, fourth round pick in a draft where there's no quarterbacks. I would have took Ninjigbo. I think that's where I probably would have gone to. They're one of the offensive tackles that were left. Yeah, Just go O-line, wide receiver. I think, again, in a situation that the Falcons were in where they are close to competing, like they are, they're right there, you have to take best player available in that situation. You're not a bad team, which I think they did this draft like they're a bad team. I think that was kind of part of the issue is that they're playing for the future. Like getting a B. John Robinson is huge for your future. He's going to be a very good running back, at least at least. But at the same time, you don't need him right now. Yes, he's going to help you a little bit, but what is he going to add to the team that is going to change how you play football? I don't think he changes how the team plays football, and I think teams can prepare their defenses easier for that. And then you're not as competitive as you think you're going to be. He may add one more win, but then you're still sitting at 500. Yeah. Like, I don't think I don't think this was the right pick for them. I think it's a very good player, a player that most – most years you can't pass on yeah. at number eight. This year you should have passed on him at number eight. Yeah. It might be a good thing that they picked him because mm-hmm. the Bears probably would have picked him. Probably. <laughs> uh-huh. um, we're going to move on to the Eagles where they took Jalen Carter with that number nine pick. They traded with the Bears to get the number nine pick. What What does this pick – what is this pick for the Eagles? The Phil George or Bull Eagles? <laughs> I mean, those best player will. They they lost uh, Javon Hargrave. Mm-hmm. They picked the best interior defense lineman in the draft, and they got Nolan Smith to somehow follow them at, at 31. Howie Roseman believes in building the trenches. He's done that. He also drafted Tyler Steen, who will be their starting guard in 2024. Uh, Keely Ringo Steele. That was the guy that was supposed to go in the first, got in the fourth. He believes in building the trenches, which is a great sound football strategy. I mean, that wins – they're going to meet a Super Bowl contender like they have been every year doing that. They have the offensive line. They didn't lose anyone under Isaac Samalo, but they would put Cam Jurgens in there, draft Steen. So when Kelsey retires after the season, Jurgens will go to center. He'll go in the right guard. They're still set on the O-line. 
And then D-line, I mean, this is probably the greatest defensive line we've ever seen. I mean, they now have, at edge, they have newly acquired Nolan Smith. They have Hassan Riddick, who had 17 sacks last year. They have Josh Sweat, who had 10. Brandon Graham's one of the best, still one of the better edge rushers in the entire and league. And Cox, too. Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, who makes a splash play here and there. Teron Jackson from Coastal Carolina. <laughs> That's their number 11 D-lineman. That's how good they are. I mean, it explains why they were okay with letting TJ Edwards walk, basically. Yeah. Basically, you can have, like, mini me from Austin Powers at linebacker, and you're still going to be okay. <laughs> but they fine. they're fine with him leaving because they have Kobe Dean, who yeah. didn't even play as a rookie. And then they have Kazir White still. And, <laughs> and uh, they drop Son Riddick back in coverage half the time because he was, like, an off-the-ball linebacker in college. Just kind of nuts that he's like a 15 sack per year type uh-huh. of guy now. So, and then the corners are old, so they're going in to get Keely Ringo, who was supposed to be a first round pick. I don't know what happened. I guess it was something physical related. And Mario Dromo in the seventh round, he he gave Alabama some issues week two, where Alabama went into Austin almost lost. He gave them some issues. So that's a good pick. Sidney Brown, people say he's going to be the next Brian Dawkins. I, I really like Sidney Brown. He's a beast. Sidney Brown is, is he's a different type he's of He's all-American. He's he's different. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he's the next coming up Brian Dawkins. Like, that guy, like him and Witherspoon at Illinois, they were, that was a duo right there. But now, like, now that they're in their own pass and whatever, I think Sidney Brown, I feel like he can reach that Dawkins status. Like, this guy's different, man. Yeah. Um. The, other, the thing with the Eagles is that they know how to plan for the future while also getting players that can help now. When you think about this, when Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter, what they were thinking was Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham are going to be gone in a year or two. They're going to retire probably. They're both 97 years old. Both are more Brandon Graham. So, yeah, has injury issues in the past. You know, they're already planning for those guys to leave by drafting them again, basically. You're just getting the same dudes, and then now you have them learning under two of the greatest players of the 2010s yeah. ever. Like, it's it's gonna be just Howie Roseman is just a master. Yeah, and there, and he he's not only thinking about it in his in a standpoint of future, he's also thinking about it in a standpoint of chemistry. He has basically the whole Georgia defense on his team. The chemistry between all of those guys who've won championships together, championship mentality. It's not. It's not going to fade. It's going to stay the same from college until now. It, all it is is just faster and a little bit more physical. These guys are going to feed off of each other because they knew they could do it in college, and now they know that they're going to do it together in the NFL. This GM looks like God right now, you know. And a lot of and like I said before, um, the show started. A lot of the GMs are salty about it because of how much praise he's getting. He deserves it. He deserves. He does it every year. He's done in three different generations. Like th- this guy, this guy not only prepared for the future, but he prepared to be able to be like, I can sit here, sit back, relax, let let Hertz take the ball, and let my defense take the ball away from other teams. That's that's what he did, and he he put up a show. Yeah. Um, moving on to the next team, the Tennessee Titans, they took Peter Skaronsky, who a lot of people said was probably going to be one of the best offensive linemen in this class. And then got their guy in Will Levis in the second Steel. round, who a lot of people thought they were going to trade up into the top five to get. Steal. How was this draft for the Titans? That's a win-win. You get your quarterback of the future, 
You get arguably one of the best offensive linemen in this draft. I think they'll put him at guard, and he'll be a dominant guard. After losing one of your best offensive linemen in history in Taylor Lewan, you know? Yeah. I mean, I like some of the other linemen they signed. Daniel Brunskill is a very good lineman from San Francisco. He's not going to be in a full-time role. He'll love that. Andre Dillard has reasonable potential. He's played pretty well in some games. Another Philadelphia guy. You go get Tajay Spears in the third round to compliment King Henry. Josh Wiley, a good tackle. I mean, not tackle. Tight end out of Cincinnati to pair with, to pair with uh, that Chig. They just, yeah. they just call him Chig, but he's kind of a freak because they line him up to fullback and he runs like verticals. Yeah. Chig was in Ozawume yeah, from like, Maryland. He's like he's actually like a specimen. Like He was a very good rookie tight end. They put him at fullback and he runs verticals and they just dust safeties. <laughs> That's nuts. It's, it's it's crazy football. It really is. <laughs> it's Titans football. It's Titans football. <laughs> just put your undersized skinny tight end at fullback and just run the vertical. Put your best players in the backfield and hope it works. Yes. And then you get Jalen Duncan, who some people, a couple specific like O-line coaches thought, okay, this guy's the best like pure athlete out of tackles. He just doesn't know what he's doing. He could end up being the best tackle in this draft. Multiple coaches have said that. I thought this was a win-win draft for the Texans. I mean, Titans, sorry. Texans too, but... <laughs> We already talked about them. Good job, t- Titans. Good job, AFC South for yeah. for a division that everybody was clowning division for the past ten years. Yeah, it's been absolutely terrible for the last basically since two thousand. Very good job, guys. Mm-hmm. You're learning. <laughs> good job, Timmy. Um, let's just keep moving on through this draft so we can talk about a little basketball at the end too. Uh, the Detroit Lions. What do you feel about this draft? <laughs> I mean, they Detroit, Detroit. They, dra- in my opinion, they drafted one of the best running backs. In, in, in there. yeah, uh, I think it, it's a stretch, but I think Gibbs is going to be the next Alvin Kamara. Yeah, uh, he's his running is absolutely stylish, just like Kamara. He loves to do the slow jog and then absolutely take off and make your defenders look stupid. Um, you know, he did that against Texas, I believe. Um, you know, he he really, I think. It was the best option for them, but I did not see them going away and trading DeAndre Swift. I was like, what's happening? You know, I really thought they were locked in on him, but, you know, then who did they give him to? The Eagles. Of course. So <laughs> it, it was uh, it was a little weird, but I feel like the pick fits them. But, um, you know, I don't know what it is with them in Iowa either. Like, you know, they, they love their they Iowa love people. love Iowa guys. Really do. Yeah, Sam Laporta, tight end. He's he's a good tight end. You know, he's like the seventh ranked tight end. Like, why go get Michael Meyer, or Michael Mayer? Go get uh, Dalton King. Well, he wasn't there, but if you want him, though, you could have drafted him at mm-hmm. eighteen. I mean, you Jack Campbell, who I, all the it was actually kind of funny. I saw like a five minute Detroit sports video saying how they, we don't want Jack Campbell, oh. and he's like too slow, too big, because he's like six five, two sixty, and because you have. Linebacker, a good linebacker. If Anzalone right? and Rodrigo are both Rodrigo. good. You trade Swift <laughs> for Jameer Gibbs. It's, you could have got. You probably could have got Jameer Gibbs at pick eighteen. Probably. I liked Sam Laporte just because they needed a tight end. They didn't have anyone. They that their committee did pretty well, but they needed tight end. And I really like Brian Branch, but after, I mean, after that, I mean, they had a seventh rounder. Okay, don't know him. Tackle from William and Mary. Roderick Martin's a solid run defender. They need that. And Hooker, it's just like if you're going to dra- draft like a really raw one. Yeah. Don't draft the guy who's only three years younger than Jared Goff. Don't draft Jared Goff right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they did. With a torn ACL. Like, 
and doesn't like to look now, in the now, pocket. All you're going to do is just mess with Goff's psyche, which is easy to do. Yeah. And you're going to derail this season. It's going to be like what happened to Carson once when they drafted Hurts. His whole psyche went down. And he's not going to be that much better than Jared Goff. So if he's even better than Jared Goff, Jared Goff was is very good. I say this all the time. Jared Goff was at one point an MVP candidate, top three MVP he was a candidate, top seven quarterback this year. Exactly. Why are you doing this? You might as well just go get one of the younger guys. Like you were saying, get a project guy. Go point. draft. They could have got a Richardson if they really wanted him. They could have went up to number three. Shoot, you could have got Will Levis. But why not? Over Hendon Hooker, like you could have got him at the, with their second round pick. Mm-hmm. And you know, like we were we were talking about how the Texans went out and got two of the most important positions in football right now. They got now. the two least important positions. Literally, the two least important the positions. Lions the Lions can only do pick. good things, the right, correct things for so long. <laughs> Bears are winning the division now because of this. <laughs> it was just like relegation. <laughs> Jameer Gibbs is an awesome player. He's also a guy I thought the Bears could have gotten in the second round. Yeah. That's, like, where I thought he was going to get drafted was the second round, like, early second round. I thought he was going to be a first round, honestly. But, like, even if he was a first round, I didn't think he's going at 12. I think he's going in the 20s. Yeah. Like, that's where it makes sense. But, no, if you're the Lions, you're like, hmm, we got one pretty good running back in DeAndre Swift. We got just signed Dave Montgomery. (laughs) You know, like. Craig Reynolds. Let's make the Eagles better. Exactly. (laughs) And let's, like, I get it. He's a very good player. But, at the and, like, what I'm guessing is they have visions of those Saints teams where Mark Ingram was there and they drafted Alvin Kamara and they came out and had one of the best running back duos in the league. That's Did it win the many Super Bowls? Exactly. No. Where are the Saints right now? One of the most mid-teams in the entire league. And you see how, like, did you see the video of how fired up the Lions staff was? Like, yeah, that was the most. won the Super Bowl. That was the most fired up I've ever seen a staff or front office ever. And, like, Jameer Gibbs has the ability to go out there and be very good. And good for him, good for the Lions for getting a very good player. He's not winning you Super Bowls. No. Neither is Dave Montgomery. It's, Sadly. Hey, hopefully. Maybe he comes Behind back to the Bears. Line, maybe. <laughs> um, and then Jack Campbell, like, yes, he was a very good player in college. Do you need that? No. no. Nobody needs that. Like, he's not worth that pick. There were better players for you at that spot. It didn't make any sense. I thought at 12 they were going to go out and get Jackson Smith and Jigba to help beef up that wide receiver. Yeah, they didn't add any wide receiver. Well, they added – sorry, I have the wrong one on my screen. Uh, uh, Antoine Green from North Carolina. That's not doing anything. Exactly. (laughs) They have no receivers. It's a modern St. Brown versus the world. They got – Jamison Williams is more concerned about parlays. (laughs) Shark's gone. They have Tom Kennedy. Sounds like a senator from, like, Vermont. <laughs> I was going to say, what, did they, they sign Tom a Republican Kennedy. out here? <laughs> just, I don't know. The Lions are dumpster fire. And going on to the next dumpster fire right <laughs> after them, the Green Bay Packers <laughs> will pick a mid-edge defender with a horny dad. <laughs> For real. And then they pick a tight end who played two games this year. He's got a messed up knee. A Michigan statewide receiver, which has never worked out. And then... Tight end from the Missouri Valley Conference. They drafted like 700 players for them to do nothing. <laughs> keep they, going in. Keep draft, going in. They draft Sean Clifford, who's like 32. I don't know no Colby Wooden. Never. I seen kids on TikTok saying Dontavion Wicks is the next great receiver. 
So is Romeo Dobbs, and so is Equinemius St. Brown. Carl Brooks Solis. from Bowling Green is good value, but they just drafted, like, two D linemen last year, so why? And then right after they took him, they were like, yeah, let's take a kicker in the draft. I and, hate when teams Andrews draft Carlson. kickers, dude. I hate when teams draft kickers. I saw <laughs> that, and I was so confused. I'm like, oh, my God, they made history. First kicker. <laughs> they got Lou Nichols, who he did lead the, lead the country in rushing in 2012, and then was hurt this year. And you already have – Two running backs that one you pay twelve million a year to. One was a second round pick, so let's, let's go get another one. <laughs> like, I don't like. Let, let's Musgrave's not. good, but he's coming off a reconstructed knee. And Tucker Kraft is just like Mercedes Lewis, like blocking tight end from you know the FCS. <laughs> like you want to like this team? They just went out there and drafted like whoever they felt like. They didn't even think about what they could possibly need. Like the Packers are a team that probably should have gone out and got Hendon Hooker. Not the Lions. The Packers should go. The they Packers should have drafted Njigba. They should have drafted anybody for any position that they needed. They needed O lineman. They needed wide receiver. They probably needed a backup quarterback. They could have gone out and got D backs, which is something that they need because Jaya Alexander's has the injury issues and he He's isn't mid. playing well. You know, they literally did not sign a single soul in free agency. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, fine. What? If they want to be bad, that's fine. I'm fine with it. <laughs> they want love is number one. They gave him twenty two million this year. I guess now he can buy his mom and girlfriend actual seats in the stadium. <laughs> like the one time where he started and they were in the nosebleeds. Oh. I mean, I'm scared of heights. If I was sitting in those seats, I, I, I would, you'd, I'd no longer be here. I'd be a memory. <laughs> I'd be a memory. So keep going. Keep digging the knife. Sean Clifford, I mean, go get Max Duggan. Honestly, somebody else. Go get O'Connor. I think he was still there, but Sean Clifford is just mid for five years. He did breed out Will Levis. Which is a strike against Levis. I mean, they keep they, if they keep doing this, they might one day get relegated. relegated. <laughs> I don't know. I think that they got too much history behind them to get relegated. Yeah, yeah. they need, they got they need at least two, three yeah. like Bears seasons to like <laughs> relegate. And they need, if they get swept by the Bears, then I'll relegate them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were talking about how the AFC South had one of the best drafts. The NFC North probably had one of the worst. Bes- besides the Bears, and I think the Bears probably have a lot of like. Bears have, yeah, they have a lot of, like... High high ceiling, low floors is what I get from a lot of the Bears draft picks. Yeah. So, it, overall, the NFC North draft class was just weird. It was a weird draft class. I, I already know the Vikings. I didn't even look at theirs because I didn't even need to look at theirs. <laughs> Steelers. I'm going to have some choice words for the Vikings later on in this show. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, if if well, you want to, we got to get yeah, through this. Yeah. I mean, we can get to them right now if you want to talk about Let's just them. talk about yeah, the Vikings. Let's talk about right. the Vikings right now. We already know what happens in the rest of this draft. <laughs> Jordan Addison. Where are they? Where are you, Minnesota? Okay, Jordan he's... Addison, they needed a second receiver, yeah. but he's not great. in the first round, probably. Mid. All say. right, next. He's mid. <laughs> they didn't have a second round picks. They wanted to go trade for a tight end. Mackay Blackman. Uh, I thought they yeah. I thought they drafted Mackay Beckton when I first saw that. I was I, like, well, I'm, I saw I'm pretty sure he's still in yeah. the league. I know. I was just like, isn't he in the league? <laughs> so according according to ESPN and the experts they have ESPN, he was the 223rd ranked prospect. Oh my God. So they drafted, it was the 44 overall grade, 30 position rank. So they drafted a seventh round pick in the third round. <laughs> oh my God. And then they got next Jay Ward, the safety at LSU. Okay, he looks D6, 1 1. He's a little, little, little slender for a safety. Okay, they need a safety. Then they got Jacqueline Roy. Didn't know Jacqueline was a boy's name. I, I think it's Jaqueline. Jaqueline. Yeah, it's probably Jaqueline. It's like the Key and Peele skit. <laughs> Jaqueline. Okay. <laughs> Solid. Okay. 
fifth round. Yeah. Jaron Hall. Okay, they needed a. I, for, I always forget about Jaron Hall. I mean, they got Except another. For, I'm not taking BYU quarterbacks after. I mean, yeah. hey, I hey, they got another. They got another holy man to behind Kirk oh, Cousins. Oh, him and Kirk Cousins. Is that <laughs> him yeah. That's the most they're wholesome gonna, quarterback dude, they're gonna in the world. They're going to be playing, dude. They'll be going to Coles together. They'll be going to church. It'll be great. And Dwayne McBride, running back, he's a solid running back. Seventh round, kind of slid a little bit, but they have Madison and Delvin Cook. So do with that as you please. Vikings, you're still the Vikings. I hate you. <laughs> Incoming 7-10 and ten season. <laughs> um, you know, just kind of speed up some of the draft. Let's just talk about some of the highlights that are left. Yeah. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers had what Oof. a lot of people say is the best draft in oh, yeah. the of the year so far. What'd you like about their draft, guys? Broderick you... Jones. Yeah. <laughs> that that guy, that was a steal. He's an athlete. They needed a left tackle. They got Joey Porter Jr., who everyone thought they were going to get in the first round, the second round. Obi wears his dad's 55. That'd be awesome. <laughs> we're just going to let him run through this. Good D tackle. Darnell Washington, Savage. <laughs> there were other three guys. They seem cool. Nate Herbig, your uh, Wisconsin boy. I'm sure you know about him. Well, Keanu Bennett's a Wisconsin guy, too. Hey, yeah. And a lot of people were saying he was going to be one of the best defensive tackles in the class. Like, they got a real steal. Like, even more of a steal than Joey Porter and yeah. Roger Jones. Like, that was the steal for them. Good draft, but Steelers are always going to draft well. They yeah. do everything well. Yeah. All right, Jets. Will McDonald. <laughs> uh, Played against him in high school for a couple practices. Shout out Will McDonald if you're listening. You're probably not. But you were really good, and you used to be really skinny. That's all I remember about that. <laughs> Joe Tittman, great center out of great Wisconsin, center, yes. 6'6", dated a, a girl that went to this school. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Israel Akibanda from Pittsburgh. Don't really like the first name, but he had a very good senior year. <laughs> Oh my God! All right, keep moving no on to the next. Wow, there was a kid oh in God, high school that no. was very mean to me. Okay. Okay. And, <laughs> and, okay. And Zach Kuntz from Old Dominion. I'm not going to say it the other way. How I said it off camera. You just wanted to say his name. That's all, all right. Solid pick. I don't know why they had picked an Ed Drescher, but okay. All right, Commanders. They're the Commanders. <laughs> <laughs> Emmanuel Fours, Mississippi State corner. He's 165 pounds. Yeah, that was a weird draft. To me. I like Stromberg in the third round at center. That's good. You need you needed that. You needed oh, that's another the other Illinois guy, Tavis Martin. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know about him, but good for Brett Bielma in the fighting line. At Chris Rodriguez at sixth round is a steal. Mm-hmm. KJ Henry he slid or was that Miles Murphy? Yeah, Miles Murphy got there. Okay, yeah. Um, it's better than the average Commanders draft. Do you think Washington should have taken a quarterback in this draft, or do you trust Sam Howell as much as they trust Sam Howell? I think they knew they they signed Brissett, so they knew if this year was going to be a wash, they'll just go get Caleb Williams or Luke May or someone like that next year. Yeah, or know. Michael Penix Jr. I like him. I, I think next good. year's quarterback class is going to be very top heavy, and then not a lot of talent beyond that. Yeah, that's why Max Duggan should have stayed yeah. in our year. Will yeah, um, that's why I think the Commanders should have just gone out and got one of these guys from this year, just for like the heck of it. All those dudes that went in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, you might as well just gone and grab one. Like, I think Sam Howell can be good, but I don't – I wouldn't put my, all my faith in him no. like they are, no, you know. Um, moving on, talking about the New England Patriots. <laughs> we talked about them a little bit earlier. What was that sound? <laughs> Bill Belichick is – he needs a he needs an exam. <laughs> I mean, we, they got a couple we, wide receivers later on. Kayshawn yeah, Boutet. Kayshawn Booty. <laughs> That's his, That's the actual pronunciation. I would call him a bootay, though. <laughs> it's actually booty. From Mario They Douglas. drafted a punter and a kicker in the same draft. <laughs> and they took the kicker in the fourth round. 
And then they drafted City Sow and Jake Andrews from Small Marte Mapu. Who are Caleb? Keon White did not want to be here. I've never seen a man look so old and so mad. I mean, he looked like he was 45, and his wife just told him they were having another kid at age 45. That's what, that, was, that was the expression on his face. Christian Gonzalez is kind of a steal, so that's fun. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Christian Gonzalez fell a little bit. I thought he was going to go a little bit higher than that. Mario Douglas might be pretty good. Yeah, I heard he was going to be like a steal-type player. Isaiah Bolden, there you go, Deion Sanders. <laughs> Let's move on. Tampa. Keep going. Keep going. Tampa. Yeah. Kalaja Kansi. I thought that was a really good pick. I for thought them. that was a good pick for them. That, I don't was, think... that was an odd pick, but he's a great player. I Cody think that's Mouch. part of it. Yeah. Cody Next Mouch. to Ryan Jensen, they're basically identical. <laughs> that's awesome. That was so. I didn't even like Ryan Jensen's missing his first two front teeth, doesn't he? Too. That's so weird. How... And then you got, yeah, you got, you got a guy named Servassier. <laughs> that's fun. Servassier Dennis <laughs> out of Pittsburgh. With, Yo, the, come you on. The skip, Yaya you skipped Yaya Diaby before. Yeah, how do you skip Yaya. that guy, bro? Yaya. And Payne Durham right after him. What? Pain. Bring the pain. <laughs> That's a- they got Jose Ramirez. He was like an MLB player. Yeah. They just drafted cool names. Yeah. I think that's what they just went with. <laughs> they went no teeth and cool names. Elijah Gansy, Cody Mouch, Yaya, Diaby. Javassier. Yeah. Chargers. Quen Johnson, I did not like this pick. They needed a receiver, but he's not very good. Yeah. I think if, like, you just drafted Mike Williams again. Yeah, he, he, he's not even like yeah. a good contested catch guy. So it's like even worse. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought oh, this is the USC guy. I thought they. Uh, I was thinking about that Ohio State guy that was also Polynesian. Who? He's like JT Tillapoyo or something. Oh no like no that. no! I'm talking about this guy. Uh, I think he'll be decent. Yeah, I think Tuli will help them defensively. They need it. I mean, they need a lot of things on it. The Max Duggan steal. Yeah. Too bad they have Justin Herbert. <laughs> yeah, I mean. People are saying Justin Herbert reached his peak. Maybe they want to switch it up a little bit. Oh, Max Duggan. <laughs> it's kind of crazy because, like, Max Duggan got blown out by Stetson Bennett, and now they share the same, same stadium. Yeah. Stetson's stadium. <laughs> Baltimore. They flowers. I, it's, I'll take it. I mean, if I'm yeah. them, I'll take it. Yeah. yeah they I think it was it. a good pick for them. Uh. They needed it. I mean, and then Jigbo wasn't on the board anymore, so I thought that was good. Voorhees in the seventh round. Steal. Yeah. He's going to be their starting guard 2024. Steel. He should legally change his name to Jason. Yes. Uh, we'll go to Buffalo. Um, no clue what they're doing in their first <laughs> round. They drafted tight end. They don't need a tight end, but they're going to put him at slot receiver, even though he's a tight end. I don't get it, but okay. <laughs> cool. Osiris, that was a good pick. Osiris, they needed an inside guy. Uh, then third round, Dorian Williams, inside linebacker. Okay, they'll replace Tremaine Edmonds, and then the rest are day three guys that I've never heard of. So Yeah, just guys that, like, may fit in all right. I mean, they're the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cincinnati. <laughs> Miles Murphy, defensive end Clemson. I thought that was a good pick for them. You need pass rushers. I really like the Chase Brown pick. Yes. I mean, P. Ryan's gone. Joe Mixon's a ticking tie bomb. Andre Isovis, Princeton, Ivy League guy. He's he was their number one track athlete as well. He's six three. He's athletically off the charts, mentally off Is the charts. Is that an I or an L? I think it's an I. It's a capital I. Really? Isovis. I could understand if it's Losivas. No, it's definitely an I because they would have done like. He has like a Russian first name too. That's how like Russians when their name Andre. That's how they spell Andre. it. I don't know. He could be like a CIA spy at this <laughs> point. I think he could be really good. He has all the traits. Charlie Jones is a beast. He that's just one of those guys that doesn't look like it, but 
he beats everyone. DJ Ivy was a huge part, another huge part of that Miami defense. Yeah. He was like the leader of the Miami defense. He was a captain, older dude that was out there. I think that was a steal in the seventh round. I yeah, they guy drafted a good safety to replace Bates. Uh-huh. DJ Turner load up on that. They had a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Good draft for the Bengals. They continue their Browns. dominance. <laughs> Dorian DTR steal for the Browns, I believe. Yeah, I think he's going to learn behind Jameis Winston. I think that's he's going to learn from a great quarterback. I think that's the future for them. Cedric Tillman, Siaki Ika, great picks. Dewan Jones is Thanos. They like doing their six lineman sets. I think he'll be one of their guys. And then if uh, Jack Conklin gets hurt, he'll replace him. The only reason I want to talk about the Cowboys is because of Deuce Vaughn. I thought that was a really cool video. His dad got yeah. to draft him. Uh, if you guys haven't seen that video, definitely go check it out. It's super Deuce emotional. Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn's a beast. Yeah. And it was a steal. Mozzie Smith. Mozzie Smith is huge for Dallas. They're bro. loading up on their defense, yep. man. They want that do- defense dominant like it has been. They go get Luke Schoonmaker to replace uh, Schultz. DeMar- DeMarvin Overshone was a steal. That Villamy Fajoko was a beast. I saw some of his tape. Deuce Vaughn is going to be a very good player for them. I mean, he's next Aaron Sproles. Him and Tony Pollard, that's going to be fun. Broncos, Marvin Mims, Oklahoma wide receiver. I think that was a good pick for them. You know, it gives uh, Russell a little bit more uh, juice to work with, but also it gives Jerry Judy some, you know, fire to really work because, you know, there was a whole bunch of talk the whole time about trading and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the rest of the teams either had just mid-drafts, like, Nobody really up for it. Hey, Drew Sanders at one point was mocked to go yeah. to number eight because he's like, he's like a poor man's version of Micah Parsons where he plays inside and then he pass rushes on third down. You got our boy Riley Moss, ladies and gentlemen. Your first <laughs> oh, white corner in 23 years. The fastest white Bronco since OJ, baby. Yes. <laughs> JL Skinner, safety Boise State. I remember hearing about him during one of the early season Boise State games, how he could be like a steal. He just is, He's kind of a specimen. He's like a 6'4 safety, so that's cool. Stenson Bennett, Chargers. Uh, I mean Rams. Yes. Steel, yes. top ten quarterback. Yes, right top king, top ten quarterback ever. Yes. <laughs> you was, Stafford's gonna get hurt. He's gonna come in and like, okay, we don't even need Caleb Williams. We got That's Stetson, a, baby. If now he has Sean McVay coaching him, he's gonna make him look like a beast. Yeah, he may run for a thousand. Yards. <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy. That'd be insane. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Any other picks you guys wanted to talk about? Uh, uh, I'm happy to see Brian Pussy. He got in the first round. He's been through a lot. He tore his ACL. Sadly, his sister passed away of cancer. I think he'll be a much better pro than college player. He just went through a lot of stuff in college with those two things. Then they got Foskey in the second round. Great pick. I don't understand drafting Keandre Miller because they now have Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara, so I don't know that. Drafting an offensive tackle Nick Salveri out of Old Dominion another year. Offense tackle from a small school, and the Jake Hainer's a beast. And the receivers, sixth round, I went to Addison Trail. Our initials were AT. His name's AT. His last name's Perry. That was <laughs> my uncle and aunt's name, so there you go. <laughs> Robbie Gold's coming back to Chicago. They dra- uh, San Fran drafted Jake Moody in the third <laughs> round. That was surprising. Bring him home, baby. Bring him home <laughs> where he belongs. Yep. I think that's it. Oh, wait, New York. Uh... They got Schmitz. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. They needed that. And they got Hyatt. Oh, yeah. they got Hyatt. So I, think, I think Hyatt for the Giants was just, you you needed that. Yeah. I don't Gray. think he was the best wide receiver, but he, you needed a wide receiver. And you went out and got it. Daniel Jones was probably happy about that. Yeah, they lost that stallion to Kenny Gallagher. 
a whole uh, two receptions in his career with uh, <laughs> Eric Gray's a good running back out of Oklahoma, so that's that's good. Schmitz will help the run a lot. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I know you guys are tired from NFL. With this last 20 minutes here, let's talk a little NBA playoffs. Uh, a lot has happened since our last uh, show. We got into the second round here finally with every team after a heartbreaking series between Golden State and Sacramento. Demontis so Sabonis did not step up like Devon I expected Looney him to. <laughs> is the most underappreciated player from this dynasty of the Warriors. Only now. in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, he had like yeah. three 20 rebound games, and he had like 11 points in uh-huh. each of them. I mean, he smacked Sabonis around. It was it was a dog. I, I did not think that Sabonis was going to get thoroughly outplayed by Kevon Looney, but good for Kevon Looney. And officially, the Minnesota Timberwolves have been relegated <laughs> after saying they were going to win seven and they lost in five. So, relegated. Hey, I've Anthony, Anthony Edwards came out and said that, and then they won game uh, four. And I was like, okay, they're coming back. They're fighting. They're going to win one game Relegated. Good for the Knicks. They won their first series in ten years. They're now tied 1-1 against the uh, Heat. They won tonight, but I felt that was kind of a loss because they only won by six against the Jimmy Butler less heat, so it's basically just a G League team. <laughs> Bam out of bio in a G League team. Yeah. The playoff Bam out of bio is, is a G League player. He's prime Joel Anthony. <laughs> but yeah. Um with that, the Knicks, it's not only just their first playoff like win in ten years, it's like only their third one in the last like seventy years. It's insane. Like since their championship teams. Yeah. That's how bad they've been for so long. I mean Good for Julius Randle. I mean, yeah. he's been terrible in the playoffs. People are getting him. He hurt his ankle. 25, 12, and 8. I mean, that's fantastic. That's Brunson. Also, well, Brunson's dropping 30, yeah. Hart had 14, 11, and 9 because he's just like that. He's the greatest rebounding 6'5 player ever. 6'4 shooting guard <laughs> I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, you got Warriors, Lakers, 31-29 right now. I think the Warriors will win the series, but... It's going to go six, seven games. Uh, Anthony Davis, seven of eight in the first quarter, so that's that's good news. That's that's scary for any team in the Western Conference. Hachimuri is continuing his good play. Reeves is still goaded despite being 0 for 1. Uh, I was surprised that the Philadelphia 76ers were able to beat Boston without Joel Embiid, Paul Reed, and I mean, James, that was Houston James Harden. Step back between the legs, three-point for the win. That was Houston James Harden. That was fun to watch. That whole the whole second half of the season, and then now in the playoffs, James Harden looks so good, and that that gives me a lot of hope that the Sixers team probably goes to the finals. Like yeah. I don't think if James Harden is on James Harden level, this team's unstoppable. Joel Embiid just won the MVP today, so he's going to have even more of a you know going into the rest of this playoffs. He's just going to be mean, dude. He's he knows he's the best player in the league now. He's just feeling himself. I think that's going to help him a lot. James Harden, you know, former MVP, playing like he's in Houston. You still got Tyrese Maxey. You got Tobias Harris, who has games where he steps up. This team is just deep, and it's going to carry them through this Eastern Conference. I think the only team, and was me and Tech were talking about this earlier, and Josh, is that the Boston Celtics could possibly beat them. But at the same time, the Boston Celtics don't have the energy that they had last year. They just feel bad. Like, they're a very good team that just feels like they should be bad. Yeah, they made – they made Jalen Brown mad. They got a rookie head coach that I don't feel very strong about. I don't think they feel very strong. No, about 
he does not know how to handle late game situations. He never calls timeouts. He never draws. He just lets them play. I mean, he wasn't the, he wasn't their guy. He was their assistant. Not Imidoka's with the Rockets now. I thought they should have just, you know, dealt with what he did, which was legal and nothing was wrong. They were just kind of immature about it. He's first season as your head coach and you lead them to the finals. I think you should keep him. Okay, yeah, he, he flirts with the owner's daughter a little bit. So there's a lot more scumbags. I mean, Jason, Jason Kidd, Kidd gets a job we're not every even, We're year. not even going to say what Jason Kidd did off because it's, like, too graphic. And you, you kick him out the door. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. I don't know. I'm if, if Boston can just, like, have some energy when they play, yeah, that's a championship team. They're Why building. aren't they playing Robert Williams? I don't know. He's the key to their defense. It's, I mean, like, what did he play? 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Not even, 16 minutes. Mm. And he had four points, six rebounds, two steals, and three blocks in 16 minutes. I don't even know what the 36, That's, per 36. That was one of the biggest reasons why they had that amazing turnaround last year because Robert Williams was the key to their defense, and their defense was unstoppable. This dude just had a defensive player of the year performance in 16 minutes. Yeah. And also, yeah, by the way, Kevin Durant's legacy is on the line right now. Yeah, very much so. They're down 2-0 to the Nuggets. I want to ask you this. I know we started this conversation with Kevin Durant and the Suns, but is this Nuggets team for real this year? Yes. I don't feel like it, but through two games of this series, yeah, I'd have to say so. No, I, f- I feel like they've been serious about it, honestly. Um, I think I think especially with Jamal Murray back, I feel like he's just on a mission because he got snubbed because of the injury and that really like threw off the mojo and everyone kind of felt sorry for him and then started feeling sorry for themselves and Jokic got snubbed but I'll say that's all I'll say about that um <clears throat> but I feel like Jamal Murray just adds another like level of playing uh for this team you know he I watched that first game highlight and that guy was just unstoppable in that fourth quarter like, they could not, no one could touch him. And I feel like just that's what they need right now. They need Jokic to go off and him to go off and Gordon. Like, they need the whole team to go off, right? But, like, in that fourth quarter, they need Jamal Murray fourth quarter every game because, like, that's the only way you're stopping Kevin Durant. If you let up, Kevin Durant's just going to step on your throat and he's just going to keep, like, like, just keep putting his finger in the wound and keep messing with you and make you really feel it and make you wish you really didn't, like, let off the gas. And I feel like, you know, Jokic and Murray just need to have that dynamic duo right now, and Gordon needs to keep going, and um, what's his name? Michael Porter Jr. just needs to keep going. Like, everyone is on fire right now, even though, you know, the points may not be there, rebounds, assists, whatever, but I feel like everyone right now is contributing really well. On that uh, Suns team, I, I feel like it's over for them. They're already down 2-0, and didn't you say Chris, Chris Paul's, Paul's out? Two games, yeah. Two to, two to three games is what they That's say. bad. That's really bad. Because now you're putting all the pressure on Durant and Booker and Aiton to really do everything. Aiton is a bum. But, yeah, like that, that's what I was just about to say. Aiton's not producing well He's enough. He's not even giving <clears throat> quality effort. Yeah. he The first game, he throws a pass to Chris Paul, like, five feet above his head and tells Chris Paul, jump and grab the ball when Chris Paul's, like, four foot. There's oh, one player like, where he's just standing in the room watching everyone else fight for a rebound. For like, it was like tip. Oh, yeah, tip, I saw tip, that. That's ridiculous. Tip, tip, How like are you paying tips? this man all this money? And eventually your team gets the ball back, but you're just standing there looking at the ball like, 
uh, is it going to go in? Do I just need to stay out of bounds and get ready to re- like inbound it? Like that's sad. That's really honestly sad. they should play Biombo more than him because at least Biombo will go 100. percent That guy plays very very hard. I think what part of it is is that Biombo like understands his role in this team. DeAndre, uh, he just like he doesn't understand his role. In he this just team. Doesn't, DeAndre Ayton he doesn't just care. Out, he's just out there like playing basketball. They should have yeah, traded him to Brooklyn, not Michael Bridges. Uh-huh. He thinks that since he has a like. Two of the best stars right now with Durant and Booker, he thinks he could just take time off and just rely on them to, you know, rely on Durant's length to get boards and to really let them set up the mid-range and the outside perimeter. But he's just thinking like, oh, it's Durant. Come on. You know, that's 35, 40 a night. He's got this. I don't And I mean, like, on the offensive side of things, I think you you are allowed to think that with those two guys. But at the same time, if you're going to do that on offense, you might as well put some effort on defense. And he's not putting on an effort on defense because Jokic is dropping 39 and 18 on his dome. Yep. And that's that's how the ship sinks, man. One person doesn't do their job and everything just crumbles. Mm-hmm. And the other thing about what I like about the Nuggets, going back to them a little bit, is that they played like eight guys in this game. And they have like a whole bench of just proven NBA talent that didn't even get a minute. So if there's any point in this playoffs that they're struggling at a certain thing, they have the guy on the bench to do it. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Jordan didn't play a minute. He can go out there and still get blocks and get rebounds. He can't do anything else very well, but he can get blocks and get rebounds. Yeah. Reggie Jackson didn't play a minute in this game. He's a spark plug off the bench yep. to get him out there. And he can run that starting point guard position if Jamal Murray's not assisting well, which in this game he played very well in the point guard role. Um, you know, they got Zeke Naji still on the bench. Thomas Bryant didn't play a minute in this game. They have all this talent on the bench that's just ready to go in case they falter at any point. And that should be really threatening not only to the Suns but to the rest of the Any league. team still yes. left in the playoffs. Yes, that should really be threatening. If you got a coach who's like, eh, I'll play eight. Everyone else, just be ready when I call your name or your number. But, I mean, none of these teams really stand a chance. And I feel like these teams should honestly be, like, changing their pants because that's <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. That's really scary. That you have a team where you're only playing eight, but you got like five, six other guys on the bench ready to go at any minute when someone's not doing something right, and you now you got to worry about them coming off and starting a spark. <sighs> Man. Oh, and not to mention Jokic just lost the MVP, so he's going to be a little mad. Oh, oh. Jokic, Jokic doesn't show it all the time, but he's got a little temper on him, and I don't think he's going to be happy. When, he, when he hit Marcus Morris uh-huh. into like next planet and his brothers are like straight up two hitmen <laughs> yeah no the serbian like, mafia t- tomorrow's game is probably going to be the largest scoring game for Jokic ever i could probably see him dro- dropping a triple double because of how upset this guy is quadruple double he <laughs> he'll look athletic out there <laughs> he worked so hard to try and three-peat and honestly like i said snubbed whatever that's all i'm gonna say if it was any other year First of all, this has been the case for, like, the last three seasons. If it was any other year, all three of these guys could have won MVP. Literally, you put each one of these guys in any other season, they're winning MVP. That's how, like, crazy all three of them played this year. And the only difference, like, you could have given it to any three of them, and I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. Literally. And the only reason that Embiid got is because Jokic won the last two and Giannis won the two before that. So they're like, we might as well give it to a new guy so that we don't have the same dude winning. We don't have Warriors Cavs all over again. Yeah. So it's just, like, you can't downplay the season that Jokic just had, and now it's just going to be stepped up because he feels like he got snubbed. He definitely did. He definitely did. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he had his best game of his career tomorrow. I mean, hopefully he saves that for the finals. When he got, I would love to see Jokic win an NBA championship. I, don't, I yeah. like the Nuggets a lot. 
Uh, I I really do too, and I honestly would like to see Aaron Gordon win one, honestly, because I feel like him on the Magic didn't really work out, and then he just found the Nuggets and just found his groove and found his role. And then I also think about what's left in the Western Conference, and I'm like, I don't want any of those te- other teams to win a championship too. The I, Warriors, the Lakers, and the Suns can all go shove it. They, I don't want they play game. tonight. You guys should definitely go watch that. Um, it's going to be a really fun series, I think, because the Warriors have to go through LeBron. It's not the other way around. LeBron doesn't have to. LeBron's going to go through the Warriors. I, I feel like LeBron and a healthy Lakers team gives them a challenge, but it's going to be. A, I think it's going to be a game seven. Series. The only thing I had to say for the Lakers, though, is that LeBron James has to stop playing passive. He is putting up very good games, like good numbers. Mm-hmm. But first of all, he still hasn't played defense. Like, even in the playoffs, like, this dude just, like, stopped playing defense for the past three seasons. Like, I get it, he's old and stuff, but he's got to put a little more effort out there on yeah. that side of the ball. You can't rely on AD to do everything. And then we're going to have to see, like, a real LeBron James playoff game for them to actually beat this Warriors team, I think. He's going to have to go out there and put up 40-plus. Yeah, we need a Miami Heat. We've, se- right we've been now. seeing a lot of 25-point games for LeBron lately. I need to see a 40-point game yeah. for that man. Not, and the Lakers don't have a guy like Dylan Brooks to mouth off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where he's going to kind of need to, like, step it up and get into his own head and really put up, you know, how that 40-point game you're saying because this Golden State team is not going to back down. They're a very good team. And out of anybody in the league, they know you best. Yes. And w- what was it? The last game uh, in Sacramento against the Kings, Looney looked like the best player in the world. That guy was just demolishing the Kings. Like, that guy had an outstanding game. And if you let him and then let everyone else cook, like Curry, Draymond, Clay, like, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. You're in trouble. And I I just think about it. If you're the Lakers and you're LeBron James, what's better than just beating the Warriors again? You oh, know? Yeah. Like, if you look at the Warriors, they have lost two playoff series total since they've started this dynasty. Every playoff they've been in, they've only lost two series total, and those were those two finals against the Raptors and against the Cavs. If you're LeBron James, you're going out there to make sure they lose a third one and that it's by your hands so you can say that you single-handedly, literally single-handedly, because it was on two different franchises. Mm-hmm. I think that proves that it's LeBron James. Yeah, You can go out there and say, you single-handedly put down one of the greatest franchises of all time twice. Yes, Not many other people can say that. No. I don't think anybody else can say that. Because Carl Carl Malone never went out there and did it against the Jordan Bulls, you know. Not many people did it against those two thousands Lakers teams, those two thousand early two thousand ten Spurs teams, or Celtics teams. Yeah, the only, you know who did it against those teams? LeBron James. <laughs> like, it's 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 gonna be extremely important for him to solidify that best player of all time. If he beats the Warriors in this series, I think it's pretty cut and dry. Yeah, and, and I think it's been pretty cut and dry since he got the scoring record but yeah. i think for a lot more people it's gonna be more kind of dry yeah and that's the only reason why i'll be cheering for him and his lakers is because i don't want to see golden state win i don't steph curry he may be the best point guard of all time and i won't shoot that down because he's he's earned it he's I, he's earned he's earned it every step of the way well that's why i think on the other side of the ball if steph curry beats lebron james again and continues this warriors dynasty he probably is the best second best player of all time that's crazy. <laughs> no, it's not. How I think he's crazy? top five. I think he's top five. Yeah. I don't think he's if he best. beats LeBron, wins the title this year, and gets Finals MVP, he's the second best player of all time. He's changed the game more than anyone else, other than like LeBron, uh, Kobe and Jordan and 
Maybe no, LeBron. I think LeBron changed, changed the game a lot. In terms of switching teams because you're scared. <laughs> <laughs> I want uh, you to say that to LeBron's face. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Actually, exactly, he would. <laughs> I'd probably say much worse things. Give him a handle. He'll yeah, do give it him for a sure. handle. Tito's. <laughs> he'll, he'll do it for sure. He's saying whatever to LeBron's. Give me a handle. I'll get into a kicking contest with a horse. <laughs> All right. I guess we're not giving him a handle around a horse. All right, folks. If you enjoyed today's episode or if you missed part of today's episode, be sure to check out other episodes Don't and kid. this episode <laughs> on Spotify after this show. I'll be putting it on there right away. So, again, stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll be on next week. We only got about a couple more shows left in the school year, so don't be uh, late. Miss, Don't miss those. Come out. Join us. It's going to be a bunch of awesome shows for you guys. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Blue Jay Blue Show. You can find us on Spotify, TikTok, and Instagram. See you next Tuesday.